What? Are you kidding me? What is kind of a pitch is this? Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, March 17th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 4, 9 or 6. This is No Agenda. Geigers in the Travis Heights hideout where SoCo meets MoFo in the capital of the drone star state in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill in the morning. Hey, so you tried that on me uh, Thursday. I was ready for you this time. You have, no, you, have, you have no more snappy openings? Nah, not when I can't get this printer to work. <laughs> We had a little pre-show banter. John is very upset uh, about his printer. I got two. Actually, two printers are down. Oh, printer one, down. Printer. Hold on. Uh, the other one. Printer down. Printer down. Buzzkill Jr. The big office printer. Yeah. Uh, I put in a new Wait route. a minute. Hold on a second. What do you mean the big office printer? What are you running there? What kind of outfit? <laughs> are you in your house or what are you in? What are you doing? It's a big office printer. Uh-huh. It prints on both sides and all that kind of oh, thing. Oh. It's a network printer, but snazzy. I put in a new router. Oh, boy. And apparently this router is not talking. To, I mean, it's talking to it, and it sees it. It says, hi, hi, printer. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> but it, but I can't seem to get it to print. Oh, uh, it's like a PNP thing? I don't know what it is. So why did you buy a new router? I wanted to – well, here's the reason, because I'm going to be reviewing uh, all these different little boxes. Routers? No, little boxes. The little boxes. The little boxes they're selling. The Roku box, the, oh. the Live box, or the WD box. There's a bunch of them. You'd be surprised. No, no, no. Out. This is. In, in fact, would you? Are you also going to um, um, take a look at some of the homebrew, like the Raspberry Pi Media Center? Maybe. That's that's. A, I'll build one just for you to review it. Okay, if you build it, I'll I'll I'll, I'll put it in the pile. Yeah. <laughs> so I have all these boxes I've got lining up, and I don't have enough power on the old router to hit down there. Although I do have some repeaters, which I picked up, so I can re- I can do, send a repeater down there. But I said, oh, what, what's the point when I get one of these new eight hundred two eleven ACs? What is, I have not heard of the ACs. Oh, the ACs are the big thing. The ACs. Well, I've been almost a year. They've been out, but the ACs will deliver one point two gigabits. Wow. So, well, yeah. hold on a second. Then the only way that can happen are these on. Um, then these must be these must be on really high frequencies, like five gigahertz frequency. Yeah, there's a five gigahertz thing that. Yeah, and, must and the be. Thing, they're, they're cheating it a little bit because essentially the 802.11n could deliver up to 400 megabits per second. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, they're using three channels is what they're doing. There's no doubt about it. So this is cheating, right? Because there's ten channels or more available. Right. I forgot how many, but whatever the case, they're going to use. They're going to, but but when you really set it up for normal use, it makes no sense because you're not your your Wi-Fi card in your laptop. Yeah, no, doesn't nothing will work. But this thing still delivers twice the speed of the other router on uh, at all levels on the eight hundred two eleven and or the regular two point whatever it is gigahertz two point three mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, it'll deliver like it's delivering like almost three hundred. And then uh, on a five. Uh, How do you measure this? What do you? What's your measurement system? You can tell what the, it was because on uh, Windows eight, <laughs> yeah, that downloaded really fast. On Windows, yeah, on Windows eight, it actually tells you the. Uh, unlike the other, uh, you know, the other ones, when you made a connection of fifty-four megabits per second, it would always say it down. Oh, fifty-four megabits per second, if, but it, you were getting nothing. Right. With Windows eight, it gives you real time what it, you're getting. Mm. And it's so tr- and it's truthful. You boot up your laptop and roam around the house 
and see what the what the relative speed is in the uh -huh. dining room or whatever. I mean, uh -huh. it's a little nerdy, but it's it works. You think? <laughs> wow. I'm only getting 10 here. I actually curse you because I got a horrible horrible in fact Miss Mickey was just putting uh, cucumber slices on my head. I got a horrible sunburn because of you yesterday. I had nothing to do with Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Because um, we had biked to the farmer's market. That was mistake number one. Yeah, that would be a mistake. <laughs> that, was, that was the mistake. All circumstances. Yeah. Well, you know, it's South by, so we can't park. So ah, we'll just hop on our bike. Okay, you got an excuse. And going there was great. But then coming back, you know, you're biking up South Congress. is like that's a little more hill than, than I remember in the car. And uh, so we come back. I'm so tired. I'm, like, I'm going to listen to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged. On my, so I got my headphones, you know, the uh, the ones that, that our night gave us. The oh, no, those giant ones. Yeah, yeah the no ones. agenda headphones. And, I, and I'm listening. And, of course, you know, listening to you, your dulcet tones. Of course, I'm out within you three minutes. <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> I'm like. <sighs> Why is this guy boring? In the backyard, in the hammock. <laughs> oh, my God. And I wake up. And Mickey's like, oh, wow. I'm like, what? Just, you're completely burned. So my oh, you're burned by Texas sun. That's oh, oh, and the show only because I remember waking up at the end. The show is not not even an hour. That, that, of course, now all the suggestions that were in the show are <laughs> in my head. In your brain. I need to short Netflix. Yes. <laughs> no, long Netflix. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have both on that one. Yeah, anyway, anyway, so that was cool. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I, I will take credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this morning, and I, I, uh, I didn't. Because uh, I only got the email Thursday after the show, uh, Aunt Meg sent me an email and told me that Uncle Don was going to be on uh, uh, that uh, anti-constitutionalist traitor show, uh, Fareed Zakaria. Oh, really? When? He, well, it was on this morning. Oh, did you get a tape of it? Well, of course I did. Oh, you have some clips? Yes, of course I've got clips. And uh, we're going to start the show with that? No, why would I do that? I mean, that would why ruin not? it. Sounds good. <laughs> so, it, but what's interesting? Well, I'll, t I'll tell you that in a moment. First of all, it's all coming together. It makes so much sense to me now. Um, so we have. Um, let me see if I have the uh, the. We have to be incredibly frightened. Uh, I guess uh, we get like, oh, the North Korea is going to uh, shoot missiles onto the West Coast, and uh, CNN. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just be getting to me. This is this horse crap about the North Korea is going to attack us any minute. Yeah. I mean, this is bullshit. Well, besides being complete manure, it's like, who are we kidding? I do have a clip if you need to have the, the background, the North Korean coming at you uh, clip. Yeah, let's uh, we'll do the background and then uh, and then I'll roll uh, slowly into uh, what's really going on here. Program. The U.S. Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel Chuck. has announced plans to station 14 missile interceptors in Alaska to combat North Korea's threats of a nuclear strike. Hagel also revealed plans to deploy a radar tracking system in Japan. The decision is an about face for the Obama administration, who decided to stop the expansion of the missile defense shield back in 2010. The United States has missile defense systems in place to protect us from limited ICBM attacks, but North Korea in particular has recently made advances in its capabilities and is engaged in a series of irresponsible and reckless provocations. Specifically, North Korea announced last month that it conducted its third nuclear test. And last April displayed what appears to be a road mobile ICBM. 
So what was interesting about, uh, and of course, Hegel is our brand new minister of defense. Uh, clearly, he has no clue what he's talking about. The guy is just reading there, and uh, well, I mean, we already saw this in the Senate confirmation hearings. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But now that the puppet's in, and he'll basically get up there and read and do whatever he has to say, he's reading these four points. Now, the first three points, I have a clip, but this one already, this one kind of set it up, is uh, North Korea, ooh, bad, so we've got to get ready for them. We're going to uh, put um, some uh, shield stuff in place in Alaska. We're going to put stuff in place uh, in Japan, and we're going to be looking at new uh, uh, new possibilities for bases and missile defense uh, on the north uh, the northwest of the United States. But what the news did not report is the fourth thing. Did you catch the fourth thing that he that he no, announced? I'm sure I'm going to now. <laughs> and fourth, we are restructuring the SM three two B program. Now this is where the the press corps is like. <sighs> Why? Uh, whatever. SMB three two. As many two, of you know, we have planned to deploy yeah. the SM two B as part of the European phase adaptive approach. The phase adaptive approach. Mm, what could that be? The purpose was to add to the protection of the U.S. homeland already provided by our current GBIs against missile threats from the Middle East. The timeline for deploying this program had been delayed. So I'll save you the, the the agony of listening to all the technical jargon that he is spouting in this, is which which of course is when you have to pay attention. It's fourth on the list. It's a whole bunch of. I mean, just listen to this. Twenty twenty two due to cuts in congressional funding. Listen to this. Meanwhile, the threat matures by shifting resources from this lagging program to fund the additional GBIs as well as advanced kill vehicle technology what? that will improve the performance of the GBI oh, of course. and other versions of the SM3. My SM3 GBI performance is fantastic. So of course, oh, an SM2B. How did it get to an SM3? I have no idea. This is the whole point. What This is basically, remember we were going to put this whole array of missiles pointing towards yeah, Russia? Yeah, missiles. That yeah. This is part of uh, the Iron Dome. Yes, towards Russia. Yeah, they, they're great because they'll stop any scud. <laughs> yeah, and Russia is like, right on, about time you got out of our face. So this is not about North Korea. This is a gesture towards Russia. Oh, uh, that's a good point. And, uh, and, and you recall when President Obama had the open mic experience with Medvedev, he said, look, I'll have more flexibility after I'm elected president. I can't do anything right now. And it is my belief that this is part of whatever the plan is, which we haven't quite figured out yet, is this is this is this is part of the flexibility? Is okay. Yeah, I bet it involves oil. Do you think? <laughs> really? You think so? And probably Syria too. Syria's uh, in this uh, another one. So uh, CNN is off the the deep end, and I I really I want you not you not you, but I I want people who have heard this show go into the show notes, go into the North Korea, uh, actually go into the video uh, section, and go look at. CNN has this new way of presenting things, and it is it is three D around the presenter. So um, this the, the so they've they've pre they've produced this piece. It's a beautiful piece, and it's showing you. I'm going to play a bit of the audio. It's showing you how you know the danger of North Korea, and the guy is literally standing in the middle of a globe, and then in three D, like really three dimensional, in front of him. Uh, you've got like you know the the trajectories. You've got the missiles flying like in the space. It's really well done. I've not seen this 
Uh, I haven't seen it at all. This is this must be the new Jeff Zucker stuff. It, it's um, and then all of a sudden he's talking about the Korean missile, and the thing is just he's he's holding on to it. It just appears. It's really fantastic, and they just—it's like whoa! But and so you won't be able to see it, obviously. This being a radio, but you'll hear his intonation. How obvious it is that he's using these visual visual aids to teach you morons. Literally morons what is going on, or at least what they want you to think is going on. The Pentagon is acknowledging that North Korea is becoming more of a global threat. Global! <laughs> and he's standing on the globe now, right? Global! And there's actually a world, a little world has appeared in front of him, a little globe, literally, floating right in front of him. It's phenomenal. Let's start with the premise. Here's a country that all we've been hearing about is they're starving to death. They're a bunch of idiots. And they're like complete boneheads, and now they're a global threat because, by the way, their third uh, nuke is still only about half the power of the one that was hit, dropped on Hiroshima. Uh, I mean, it's, we oh, have conventional weapons that have more. R- Russia has Russia has meteorites that are stronger than that. What are you talking about? It's nothing. All right, so let's let's go on with our lesson. Are you ready? Are you shutting up, slave? Are you listening? I'm going to shut up. <laughs> and listen. Because of the speed at which it is speed. developing its missile program and its nuclear weapon program. So how does the military want to respond to that? Respond. At the front line. Front by line. By going to the Pacific Ocean, where the fear is that North Korea, on its best day, <laughs> might be able to launch a missile that would go all the way out to hit some parts of the United States. I love it. On, on its best day. And so now you, you... So wait, well, you're interrupting. You tell me to stop. <laughs> Let me stop, stop there. What, is, is there, during this report, just before... Before it's over, I want to ask a simple question. Yeah. Do they explain why North Korea would want to do this? Because they're evil. Knowing that it's suicidal to even <laughs> think about something like this? <laughs> Will they explain that? No. no uh, we, you don't need to have background, slave. You don't need to understand worldly events. Just watch the pretty pictures. It's 3D. Do about that. First of all, they want more radar support. They want a new base in Japan here to be tracking early on what's happening. Tracking. They want to beef up missiles in Alaska and California. Missiles. And of course they want steady monitoring from ships at sea, ships from airplanes at sea. overhead, and from satellites. <laughs> all watching to see what? if North Korea is going to... They did satellites are literally flying through... through. You know, i got to give you a link for this. It's just... Well, no, you look... At, I'll send it to you after the show. It's, it's unbelievable the technology they put into this. So anyway... I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's just more, it's just so patronizing. And of course, there is absolutely no explanation as to why they're so evil. Um, now, uh, Uncle Don, um, and uh, actually Fareed Zakaria, the traitor, and uh, <laughs> I'll just call him that. Just He's a traitor. I don't like him at all. He's, he keeps saying we should get rid of the Constitution. and Yeah, no, he is a horrible uh, person to the day in which you, and the, and the and you hear people praising him oh. for some reason. He is a just he, he's not and he's he's annoying with yeah. and he's almost alien best, looking with best, that square yes. skull. And uh, and and I know my my aunt Meg agrees with me. Um, but, you know I think you know you always got to wonder. Uh, I think Uncle Don really does. I mean he's if anything he's working for the Koreans. He, he was just in Korea. How come uh, I can't get a visit? Well, he was in South Korea, but I didn't know. But he apparently also spoke to some North Koreans, and and he wrote a little family letter. And he's like, "It's or actually Aunt Meg wrote this." The it's, family letter. They still do that. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, Mickey does them. I love them with pictures, and it's not a letter; it's an email. Most people have switched to blogs. No, 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 no. It is still a private. It's a private email. It's really cute. 
And uh, but she said that you know the Koreans value uh, their their elderly so much. And Don is now eighty four, and uh, so when he comes to Korea, you know it's they have so much respect and roll out all kinds of hospitality for him. It's uh, it's it's really quite astounding when you kind of read through how people treat their elders versus here, where you know. No, Get out of the way, old man. <laughs> yeah. Get off the road. <laughs> I want to kill you. To shoot you. So uh, here is the intro to Uncle Don, which I thought was appropriate for us to... Uh uh, get a little uh, backgrounder again on where Uncle Don comes from. And right off the bat, he pretty much explains exactly what's going on. And and I just got to love him for it. Donald Gregg is a former ambassador to South Korea. In fact, he just returned from a visit there. He was also national security advisor in the 1980s to then Vice President George H.W. Bush. First question, what do you think they were trying to do, Ambassador? I mean, this seems so bizarre. I mean, you, you wrote a piece about engaging with them. I feel as though it would be nice to get them less isolated. But then they go and test a nuclear bomb, uh, abrogate the armistice treaty, threaten a preemptive nuclear strike, uh, and promise to rain bullets on, on South Korea. Why are they doing this? Uh, I met with uh, North Koreans very recently and talked to them about it. And they said what has happened is that uh, they have uh, given up on their diplomats and the military is now in control. And what they want is talk about uh, moving from the now disbanded armistice agreement to the creation of a peace treaty. And that's what they want to talk about. And anyone who is willing to talk about that, they will listen to anyone who wants to talk about what they call the old way, which was give up your nuclear weapons. And then we'll talk is going to get nowhere. And that's it. It's literally that, that makes simple. Sense. Makes nothing but sense. Did you hear the he... new guy, Un, and I don't, you know whether it's the military or not, they are sick of this armistice. It's yeah. been around forever. We can't just say, okay, well, let's have a peace agreement and treaty so we can stop, you know, creating this mess at the border, which is like, you know, what's weird is Seoul, Korea is right near the border. So it would yeah. be like, you know, if there was an, if the North Koreans decided to overrun South Korea, everyone in Seoul, Korea would be screwed. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, that it's, makes nothing but sense. And, 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 but first of all, oh, it must have been reported on then that this, you know, that Greg was actually talking. <laughs> Some it, sense? It, it seems to me that, you know, you had a lot of reports on what Dennis Rodman did. Well, the funny thing is, I'm glad you bring that up. Dennis Rodman, and I have, a, I have probably the only interview from him, is saying the exact same thing as Uncle Don. Except Don doesn't have the tattoos and the piercings. I've met him. I obviously haven't talked oh, to no him. No one, what, what, everyone, everyone what, knows, everyone knows, I've met the f***. <laughs> what do you feel he does want to do to get out? He does wants, he, he want to get he, out of the shadow of no, his, his he, father? He, he wants to do one thing, and I was going to bring him over here. He wants to do one thing. He wants to not fight. He asked me to tell Obama, please call me. That's all he asks. I believe that. I, believe, I do too. I think it's totally true. It's just like, look, we just we want to keep our nuclear weapons. Everyone else has them. You got them. We want to yes. keep them, we, and we want to have peace. We'll have a peace treaty, but you know, don't try to disarm us. There, there, there's a. Um, if you saw that, anyone got to see the, and it's available on one of these little boxes, like a, a Roku on. Uh, I think it's on Netflix, maybe. But the the first Vice magazine <coughs> visit to North Korea. As they went in through the Canadian side, mm -hmm. it's it's apparent, and and there's th discussions about this. It's apparent that the North Koreans. I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm convinced of it. I'll put it in the book. 
wants to become a tourist attraction. It wants to become a, yes. a tourist destination because it's so it's you know, it, it would be very quaint to go to North Korea. This place hasn't changed since the thirties. And you could go there and they and it's all set up already because the vice guys kept going to from one place to another saying, Why is there this huge restaurant at the foot of this famous mountain? <laughs> yeah. There's nobody in here but me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement on that. And also, King Jong, uh, Kim Jong-un also likes amusement parks so much. Right. You know, he, he does. That's he, true. Yeah, he just, he just turned into one big Disneyland. I agree with you, John. Well, let me ask you this, just historically speaking. What is the deal? I, 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 don't, I don't think that the North Koreans hate the, the South Koreans. I mean, the, that's just political. No, they're all Koreans. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, we don't hate the Canadians. The Canadians don't hate us. Well, I don't know about that. Well, we got a border, you know. We all get along, you know. We consider that to be uh, an amusement park up there. You know, we go skiing and you know, smoke dope and all kinds of cool stuff in Canada. Hey, Whistler, that's right, that's right. Go up to what's the what's the what's the 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 glacier there? Is it called Whistler? The glacier? Whistler's the big mountain where we go yeah. ski. Well, there's a gl- anyway. And there's two other places in Canada people like to visit. So Don, uh, there's uh, a small pond, I believe, in Alberta. <laughs> all right, enough. Like ba- to back to Nor- Back to my uncle. Back to my uncle. <laughs> so he tells a pretty cool story. You know, Don always has these great stories, which some of I've related on the show. And he rolled one out, which I'm going to ask him. Uh, we're going to see him for his 60th wedding anniversary in July. Uh, he rolled one out on on Zakaria about uh, trying to, you know, the, the Koreans have been trying to get this going for a long time. All they want is, they, look, let us keep our stuff, our nuclear you know, weapons, but we want peace. And they have been, and they even tried it through him with a personal letter. They don't want to give up their nuclear weapons. They want to be able to... Now, this is uh, some douchebag who they brought on to be uh, controversial. Have their cake and eat it too. And U.S. policy for the past quarter century has been, these things are all on the table if you are willing to give up your nuclear weapons. And so this is the problem. This is a dilemma right now. How do you overcome that? By talking to them. I mean, I'm a man who hand-carried a written offer to start talks with North Korea to the White House in 2002, November. It had come directly from Kim Jong-il through Kang Suk-ju to me. I got there, Steve Hadley took a look at it, said, no, we won't talk to them. Talking to them would be rewarding bad behavior. I was in and out of the White House in 20 minutes without a single question having been asked. So our unwillingness to talk to them, despite the aberrations and so forth, I think has put us where we are. There you go. Makes total sense. Of course, this is this is also kind of... You know, he's sticking with uh, with the with the agency, and you know, he, he wouldn't disparage our current president, um, which I always find. <laughs> like, ah, really? Um, but that's it. I mean, I I think truly that's all they want, and uh, we can just wrap it up with this. He he, he circles around at the end of this uh, interview and says kind of pretty much the same thing. But I think it's worth just listening to. I think uh, there's not going to be a collapse in in North Korea. The Chinese will not allow that to happen. That's what they fear most. They don't need yeah it's because they don't need the immigrants. <laughs> yeah, they don't want that. And uh, I think we have a young man who's going to be around for several decades who is looking for some external support for what he's trying to do. The only people who've given them that so far are the Russians, who canceled a $7 billion debt that North Korea owed them, which was a very astute move. So uh, I hope if we can get through this period of training, uh, I training. hope that after President Obama... Training. Yeah, you know, the, the, I, he slipped that in. It's What he means by training is that President Obama is going to... Uh, be talking to the president of South Korea. 
That's the training. <laughs> President Pakone get to know each other. I hope after we've reached out to the Chinese, that there can be a sen sensible multilateral approach. And the Chinese, apparently. That's the training. Forward, addressing some of the central concerns that the North Koreans are trying to make clear to us. And that is that they want a peace treaty. There it is. That's it. And I, I'm, I'm going to believe Uncle Don. I don't think he has any dog in the hunt anymore. Well, no, that's crazy to think, actually. Well, he's a little old. To, to, it, it, there's no reason that this would be. I mean, what would be the point of creating this bullcrap story? No, he no, he has he, he has sense. No, I mean, he's, this, his, what, it, this, the only thing that makes sense is that what he said is absolutely true. Yeah, his the only he, logic is. It's, I mean, do, do I mean? Then we're moving missiles around because we think the North Koreans are just going to haphazardly <laughs> send a missile and blow up Seattle. <laughs> Yeah. To teach us a lesson? I mean, what, <laughs> anyone who would believe such a thing is a moron. And CNN, you wonder, yeah, they got all this 3D stuff trying to get people to watch the show. But I think I think the dumbest member of the of the public has to look at this and, and it makes no sense. And they go, I'll, I'll play the dumb guy. Well, that don't make any sense. No, We're that's not. crap out of them. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make no, any sense. no, no, John. I think you've got it wrong. This is how it goes. It's you're, you're, you got the voice right, by the way. But it's like, oh yeah, we'll blow the crap out of yo's. That's how it goes. It's not like why. No, it's just like, oh, don't you don't attack our homeland. Now the well, the hunt that I, I honestly don't believe that. No, but the I don't think. <laughs> At the lowest oh, level, is as dumb as John. You. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. You're incorrect. Just this go. is too off the wall. No. This is the stupidest thing to get to get anybody to believe that the North Koreans are going to just send a missile over and for no good reason. Or the same thing with the. Well, here I have. I just sent you another clip on another email. Oh. This was from a couple of weeks ago. This is uh, Kelly Ayotte. In the, can you cue that up? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm working on it right this now. That's Kelly Ayotte, that woman who hangs out with McCain all the time. <laughs> the and he's like the, a little puppy dog yeah, around. Yeah, the, the tall, the, the tall, goofy one. She's she's the brunette that looks kind of like. Uh, yeah, she's goofy. She's really pretty when she was younger. She's still kind of, you know, she's milfy. Yeah. But she's got those. She's like she's she, she's either you She's either uh, a smoker. Yeah, she's got those little vertical lines on her upper lip, and if yeah. she's not a smoker, then I, I think you can figure it out. But whatever the case, uh, she's McCain's stooge. Yeah, for president. And this is her, where McCain can't be. It, it, he's not in every committee, obviously. This is actually her channeling McCain in a hearing. Thank you, Senator Reed. Senator Ayotte. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I want to thank uh, both of our witnesses for your leadership and for your service to our country. I wanted to follow up... Uh, General Keeler on the uh, the issue of the intercontinental ballistic missile threat to the country that Senator Inhofe and Senator Reid asked you about, and uh, you used the term in terms of I think you said not not optimum in terms of some of the challenges we may face there. Just so it's clear to people, um, if now uh, we an ICBM were headed to the West Coast, we would get. A shoot, look, shoot at it, correct? <laughs> because of our missile defense system, but we don't have an East Coast missile defense system. So if Iran develops um, ballistic missile capability, we don't have the same capacity, do we, on the East Coast of the country? It, uh, while I hate to say it, the answer is it depends. Be a slave, be very a slave. 
uh, it depends on what a country like Iran would do, where they would launch from, what the azimuths are, etc. Azimuth! Um, the, the intent is that as time passes and additional features are added to the ballistic missile defense system. Oh, I can't hear this. This is, this is, actually, it's, a, it's ph- phenomenally good. This is just as dumb as the cyber war talk they do in, in Congress. Yeah. The, uh, it depends on the azimuth. Oh, yeah, let me take this broomstick. And we put this broomstick in the azimuth. In two feet above the ground. What are we going to do? <laughs> it's, it's not right. Until our capability to defend improves. <laughs> but just so we're clear, as of today, am I not correct in saying... That's a very poor English, by the way. That West Coast, North Korea, we get shoot, look, shoot. Shoot, look, shoot. Write that down, John. That is such a great show title. We don't get the same capacity on the East Coast if Iran... You know, some some analysts believe that they could develop this ICBM capability as soon as 2015. That may or may not be correct. But at this point, our our missile defense is the capacity is different on the east coast of the country versus the west coast. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Am I? You're leading the witness. Tentatively say yes and provide you a better answer for the record. I appreciate it because the National Research uh, Council actually this year recommended an additional ballistic missile site on the East Coast. Isn't that right? Yeah. Leading the witness. They are one of the organizations that has looked at this, yes. Uh, That's a very good clip. Um, So I just want to say Uncle Don does have a dog in the hunt. It's South Korea. I think he really, truly loves all Koreans, but... You know, uh, officially he was in South Korea. He was ambassador. Unofficially, um, I I'm pretty sure he was in North Korea a yeah, lot. Well, he's got a dog in the hunt. That's the only reason he's made contact. But yeah. it doesn't mean he he'd come up with a line of crap. No, that's what I'm. That's why he's saying. No, that's what I'm saying. I just, he, of course, he has a dog in the hunt. But he's telling the truth. He he is really yeah. speaking no, on behalf of. Then Dennis Rodman yeah. agrees with him. Yes. So how could they possibly be wrong? But Dennis Rodman comes out and the, you know and 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 says the truth. And everyone ridicules him. Uncle Don comes out. Everyone ignores him. It's, it's, it's just, and, and, right. That which should have been front page news on the New York Times. Yes, of course. Because uh, it's by the spot way, on. New York Times report for you later today. Oh, good, good, good. Oh, well, oh. Let's, uh, let us thank our producers so we can uh, continue uh, with some. This is a good conversation because this really shows you, unfortunately, how dumb the world populace is. Because people will believe this the world over. This is just starting this campaign. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, it's distressing. <laughs> Except for the people who listen and produce this program who are clearly awake and are not foiled by this idiocy and the cool 3D graphics and the forthcoming movie. Well, the joke, right, there's definitely going to be a movie. Uh, but the joke is, of course, is that uh, nobody except you, apparently... Has have seen these great these great graphics because nobody it's just nobody buys into CNN and this bull crap yeah. which of course is another reason nobody picked up on uh, on uh, Uncle Don Don Greg because yeah. he was on that Zakaria show and that guy's who does, who wants to watch him Well, we know that no, we know the numbers are low. We know that, but the yeah. CNN piece was produced and they will run that over and over again. I learned from my MTV days, which really had no at any given time. We had less than a, uh, a one rating, I mean a point a point one rating, and prime time was point five. So you're really talking at any given moment in MTV's history when they were playing music videos, seventy thousand people were watching. But repetition is what does it. So and I think Jeff Zucker knows that, and they've brought in Jake Tapper now, and they're really trying to do something. It will fail because you know it's just it's just lame. 
Um, the, the person they should have on all the time is Candy Crowley. You know, I'm all for Rubenesque women. And, well, you know, she's actually very... Uh, she's great. She's not bad. No, she's not bad at all. Um, but they're going to repeat this thing, and you will see this thing with the graphics, and you'll just go, holy crap, I have never seen that on television. Huh. Okay. Well, anyway, let's thank some of the producers who helped us with show 497. 96. It's still, the spreadsheet is I don't off. Know why they, he's off always one number. It's weird. It's 4, 9, it. or 6. Anyway, 4, 9, or 6. Uh, anonymous from Wahiawa, Hawaii. I think, I think this anonymous came in on Thursday as well. Oh, maybe. I don't know how it could have because I didn't download it. I just remember I, Wahiawa. Yeah, I remember Wahiawa too, but I don't remember being at the top of the list. Whatever. Yeah. Simon, it's possible. So I, I, there's a couple in here that look like repeats to me. Simon Bennett, Ipswich, Suffolk, 494. I'd uh, appreciate some getting laid karma plus a birthday call out. We got that set up. Uh, uh, maybe if you... If you go pay only, we're, we're still not yeah, considering, we're not considering that, that, that seriously. Let me give them some getting laid karma. That's really imp- that's important stuff. You've got karma. By the way, this is uh, so. This is what's weird. It's four nine four. So is it possible that this is a donation for show four nine or four, and this got stuck in the system somehow? Well, like you said, uh, I think before we started the show, there's something wrong with PayPal. Oh my God! I mean, so so our numbers are way off. Uh, I don't think they're that far off. Well, Sir Gitmo Slave told me that, and he uh, works at a company that uh, that does some processing, and PayPal is somewhere in the mix. And he said that people were it was a lot of problems that uh, since Friday, uh, for every ten payment attempts, only one would work. So there's something going on. Oh man, we should we should have switched to Bitcoin when we had the chance. We're <laughs> fools. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Anonymous and Simon Bennett will be our, uh, and of course the 500 from, from Anonymous is a special birthday donation <laughs> special for our mention. 500 show. And we have a bunch more of this executive producers, Wade, Wade Deming in Anchorage, Alaska, and Robert Rock, and I couldn't find anything from Wade. Robert Rock, Sir Robert, actually in Anchorage, Alaska, which I think was interesting because Wade came out with 33333, and then we had 31313, but this two Anchorage, Alaska things bumped right in next it's to crazy. each other. Hey, you guys. Get together. Yeah, you got hang out. Yeah. And uh, I think Wade is a close of being a knight. We, uh, Richard know, we, should, we should be starting a dating service. When people, yeah. <laughs> I've always tried to enter, you know, if you're, if you're no agenda knight, yeah. you probably have very likable personality. You know, you're probably successful in life. You're probably a perfect guy to hang out with another knight. Richard Gardner in Enmore, New South Wales. Can't bear the thought of not having N.A. to listen to twice a week. Thursday's talking to is to kick up the arse I needed to finally make another donation enough after two years. Travel karma. Yes. For course. a work trip to the United States, 31313. Oh, and uh, remember, um, don't opt out. You don't have to anymore. You can take no agenda travel tip number two when you're in the United States and tell the friendly TSA officer <coughs> you're unable to raise your arms uh, over your head as a as a matter of uh, a medical problem, and you will be sent through the metal detector instead. And we now have confirmation. I think we have at least fifteen confirmations on this. Yeah. Um, and if they do it while you can. Yeah. And if exactly. And if they still if they hassle you, then you can always opt out. So I would say uh, go with the medical. Uh, and we should call it. We should give a give it a name. And by the way, like, yeah, there's, there are names. For I have by in, the way, I have somebody- in, in the morning itis. If somebody has a, a trick, they, they roll off a piece of paper and toss it to you, 
uh, thinking that you're going to lift your arm to catch it. <laughs> Let it hit you in the head. And, and go, hey, what are you doing? Hey, I'm going to sue you, man. <laughs> you think, I can just see the TSA. It's another one of those no agenda a-holes. Here, throw a piece of paper at him. I think we got to have a name. Uh, yeah, we need a name. There's no agenda. We'll yeah, in, in, in the morning itis. I have in the morning itis, and it's very. It's in the morning itis. <laughs> All right, travel karma for uh, Sir Robert uh, for Sir You've Richard Gardner. Karma. Karma for all of our producers and exec and associates, of course. Brad Doherty in Brooklyn, New York, three thirteen thirteen. He's jump starting a second knighthood and upping the monthly donation to thirty three thirty three. Uh, Thank you. You guys should just shut down the chat room. Good idea. I'll do that right now. Paul Robertson in Fairfax, Virginia, three thirteen thirteen. Let me just make sure. Yeah, make sure there's no note hanging in your Gmail from Virginia. Uh, R O B B E R three one three one three is our special uh, special special. Um, yeah, there he is. Uh, donation for our episode five hundred, which falls on the thirty first of March two thousand thirteen, and it's. Yes, he uh, sent a note. He sent a note. Okay. Uh, please do not read this on the show. Okay. Good. Okay, so that's that. It's <laughs> his note. Uh, he does, by the way, suggest that the show is too long. Well, we've been we've been uh, with the donation segment shortening. We're now at about two and a half hours, so I think yeah, we're, we're, we're doing we're, much we're, better. We almost shut it down. And, and almost and honestly, I feel good at the end of the show instead of worn out and ragged and tired. Yeah, well, he suggests two hours, but I think two and a half is fine because that's five, and th- that com- really accounts for a lot of commuters. Timothy Tillman, Sir we could, you know, yeah. Timothy Tillman, Sir Tim, actually, in Mechanicsville, Virginia, 300. And he says he gives a crap, and the show, no show is too long. More is better. I need the show. Adam, keep calm and carry on. So we have a 313.13 that says shortening the 300. This is, okay, so, so far we're 13 points ahead on shortening. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to tally it. Wait a minute. So anyway, that is the uh, our, our, our ex- executive producers for show uh, 496. Yes, in the morning to uh, all of them. In the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water. And all the dames and knights out there. Yes, and also uh, to our artist, Super Leone, thank you very much for the artwork for episode 495. No Agenda Art com is where you can see all of the art. And uh, um, it was um, it was hard uh, on Thursday. It, there wasn't a lot of, a lot of, you know, I remember us having it. It was challenging finding what we wanted for uh, Yeah, for I the got last a episode. bunch of stuff about yeah. one. Actually, I have a theme. It's one of, when I... Don't have a lot. Well, there's not a lot of news. I, I find themes. I got a good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, what, do you want to share that or what's the? What's no, we've got to finish this segment. Oh. And uh, and I very much want to thank our uh, executive producers. This is just like Hollywood people and our associate executive producers for uh, supporting the program. Uh, of course, so that's why you're listed in the opening credits of the show after the tease, which we did. And uh, unlike Hollywood, uh, we will actually vouch for you if someone questions that. You can put it on your IMDb. You could become a member of the uh, uh, Producers Guild of America, even if you wish. But really, it's all Does about... Has anyone managed to do that yet? Yes, Sir Gene. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, he, he went through the whole thing. You have to have a certain number of credits. I think it's four, three or four. And uh, and that's it. That's all you need. Publish credits and you're done. Yeah, but don't you have to pay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to pay. Do you get health insurance? That's a good question. I think you can get it, but you still have to pay for the health insurance. But it's not free. Let's put it that way. By some group deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just like SAG. SAG is not free. You have to pay for it. 
uh, ham in Austin. We have ham, uh, which is the for helping Austin musicians. If you can prove that you're a working musician, you get free health care. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's pretty awesome. Anyway, um, if you, you would like, does a, a tambourine count? If you if you get paid for it, and if you live in Austin, and yeah. if you're not a douchebag, yeah. <laughs> uh, please continue to support the program uh, so that we can continue bringing you uh, the best podcast in the universe. And uh, unlike uh, the uh, musicians in Austin, our healthcare ain't free. So. Dvorak.org. And we would like you to always continue to go out and propagate our formula. It is very simple. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Hey, citizens. Shut up, And, of course, uh, later in the broadcast, we will be thanking... Um, our donors uh, over fifty dollars for their support of the program is still getting lots of people um, who have now who are saying, "Hey, crap! I've uh, I've been a boner. I'm going to get on five dollars a month. That's all I can afford." Thank you. That's all we're really asking for. If everyone did five dollars a month, boy, we'd have a, we'd have a different conversation. Uh, but that is pie in the sky. Uh, so we awoke this morning to some interesting news about Euroland, John. Yeah, and, well, run for the hills, get your money out of the bank, because the banks are now actually stealing your money. Perhaps not surprising that the EU's bailout plan for Cyprus announced yesterday has not gone down well on the small Mediterranean island. It demands that everybody who has savings in a Cypriot bank pays a one-off tax of up to 10% of those savings. Now, an emergency session in the Parliament has been postponed. Three political parties already vowing to oppose the plan. So this is, you've heard about this, what happened? Yeah, it's this is, this is. So let me just get this straight and you tell me if I'm crazy. So they took money, Cyprus, which is part of the EU, uh, and of course there's billions and billions of Russian money in uh, in the bank accounts there. That's a little sideline that is, should not go unnoticed as part of this. So uh, they take, I think, $15 billion in uh, EU ba- IMF bailouts, which of course is for the banks, because that's what all, all this money is all going back into the banks. I, I think we've pretty much established that. If not, let me just remind you, citizens of the European Union, that this bailout money goes to your banks. So now, in order to pay back uh, the money that was borrowed for the banks, who uh, pretty much squandered that money and just you know paid it to wherever the money, poof, it's gone. Now, they are going to take your money that's in the bank and use that to pay back the elitist IMF. And uh, so under 100,000 euros, it's 6.9%. And if you have over 100,000 euros, it's 9.9% of your money. And they just take it. They just remove it from your account. I mean, the, the, it, and if you think that this is only going to happen to some idiots on an island south of Greece. That's a test. It's, 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 it's the, it, I'd say it's beyond a beta test, actually. This is, uh, this is um, you know, they're sending out invites. This is a, a reverse uh, interest rate concept. <laughs> is is that what they're calling it these days? No, that's what it's going to be called. Uh, oh, right. Because you have to get. We have our interest rates. You know, the Fed has kept them down to nothing, zero, so you can get money really cheap. 
And there's been talk about a reverse interest rate where you actually have to pay for somebody to, to hold your money. Well, the European, uh, the Bank of England, I think, was talking about doing that, about doing a, a negative interest rate. And in fact, if you think about service fees and charges that banks have been putting on people for holding their money, uh, that's always been kind of like a, a weird reverse tax. Because <laughs> why am I giving the bank thousands of dollars and then they're charging me for the privilege yes. of having of, of taking that money and using it as their collateral? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> don't, I don't you know understand the system yet? <laughs> it's a it's a scam. So, well, yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of astounded. This to me, this is, it, it, it's not just a beta test for the EU. I think it's a beta test for the world. I think it's a beta test for banks in America. If, if we, if, if we can do this and people do not go and shoot their politicians, I mean, you, you so, someone's got to chop a head off. Otherwise, maybe. well, what are you thinking then? Well, I'm thinking that this may actually. I think that I think there's an unintended consequence of this sort of thing if they can get away with it. So, say they get away with it. Mm-hmm. Now you have the, the the argument for a wealth tax because this essentially is a wealth tax, but it's, well, it's guised yeah. as a as a fee or whatever or something because right. it's only savings. But right. if you're going to go that far, why don't we just drop the income? A lot of people are arguing this anyway, and I'm one of them because they do this in Switzerland to great effect. And this also shuts up Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. Oh, we need to pay more taxes on our income. <laughs> yeah. They'll shut up faster than you can imagine and squeal like pigs at the trough being denied their food if you institute a wealth tax. And I have done the calculation on the classic kinds of wealth taxes, which can be uh, it's usually 5 10% maybe at the most. The, if you start to – I forget what the classic is, maybe three. It's not a lot. What countries are doing this? Where, where is this? Switzerland is the country that has made it work. Mm-hmm. And there's no poverty in Switzerland. So let's start with that premise. Right. Of course, there's a lot of reasons for that. But anyway, it's been tried in other countries, but the elites have has, have railed against it. And no, no, you, you, because it's unequal to, to have taxes on income because – it prevents people from getting into the wealthy classes because you're just being taxed before you can even accumulate money. But if you had a wealth tax, which turns out to to be I, – I wish I had the number in front of me because I talked about this before. But it's not a lot. But it turns out to be less. I'd be paying, for example, myself, and I'm middle income. I would be paying less total uh, as a wealth tax I'd be with, uh, with the houses I have. I'd still be paying less than I would with an income tax, but it would be more than made up for by guys like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. Right. Who would be paying a lot, which is what they should be paying because it's their fair share. Well, in the Netherlands, they have a wealth tax. Uh, they've had it, man, I think for as long as, as I've known. I'm just looking up the number. I think it is, well, it's progressive, but it can be up to 4%. It can be 30% of, of your top 4%. It's very complicated. Uh, it's called vermogensbelasting. Uh, but this, of course, is why people, you know, shuttle money out of the country, other places. And I'm amazed. Where's Max Kaiser hyping Bitcoin? This is the perfect story for him. <laughs> yeah, this is right. You're right. Right? Yeah. But- if the guy would just try to, you know, not sound like an insane person, I think he'd probably get on more stuff. And I just mentioned Bitcoin, and it went from 4801 to 47.6. We just lost 70 cents Bitcoin in like a second. 
I thought you dumped yours already. No, I no, I told you I dumped some, so I could you know so I can pay your share of the Bitcoin we received, and uh, I'm keeping the rest. I'm going to be a Bitcoin millionaire. What are you talking about? All I need is one coin. <laughs> no, but I want to be richer than you. I want to have a hundred million. Max Kaiser <laughs> promised me. Well, I find it uh, highly disturbing. Well, I'm just telling you, this is what the unintended consequence could well be. So these guys who think they're getting away with something here by stealing people's savings uh, well, are and just asking the, for trouble. Yeah, they'd have to put, put a, a, a low cap on it because this is, you know, the, the, the dumb slave who has 100 euros in his bank account, basically someone just went in there and took seven. Just, yeah. thank you very much. You know, that's not okay. So you'd have to have a cap, a low-end cap. Well, this also tells you not to... Put money in a bank. I'm saying gold. Yeah, don't put money in the bank. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you keep it under the bed. <laughs> gold. I'm telling you, my friend. Gold. Yeah, gold. So, do you remember the? Uh, are you ready to move on? Because I'm, I'm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm I can't find the it. number I'm looking for, so I'll I'll get it back to it. We'll talk about the wealth tax again in the future. Yeah, I do have some others. Well, we'll talk about you. We'll we'll circle round back to Euroland. But uh, meanwhile, in uh, Chicago. Um, this report, very interesting. And it, it, it's interesting for a number of reasons. So um, South by Southwest in Austin, we have now is that learned. Is over yet? No, it, it goes on How for months. How long does this thing go on? It goes on for months. Yeah, I think it, uh, it, it ends maybe this Sunday. But then when no one's really sure. That would be today. No, 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 in a, in a week. Oh, my God. I, I think it's three weeks total. This is a big inconvenience for people that work in that town. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. We're very happy. I mean, this is, you know what happens? It's like, of course, the service industry when it comes to bars and restaurants and, you know, and the city and just everyone's making money. This We're all happy. We love it. We actually, we know that when people come for South by, we'll get rain. That's great, too, because we need the rain. And it also keeps those slaves in line. This is perfect. Everyone really, really loves this. The local musicians get to, get to perform. Everyone's making money. The other side of the service industry, like, the hairdresser, um, you know, uh, they these people they leave, <laughs> they're just gone. They rent out their house, you know, for four or five hundred dollars a night for a room. I'm not kidding. They'll rent that out and they'll they'll go either to friends in Houston or Dallas or out of state, whatever. So you can't actually get anything else done unless you want to drink no, and eat. It's like Rio de Janeiro during carnival. During carnival, all the locals leave. Yeah, except for us. But I kind of like it because we're so close; people can walk from South Congress to our house. So we've learned now that we have to do two things. One, so not... So people are walking up to your house and egging the place? What's the deal? No, only friends. Friends who, you know, from out of town. But, you know, I think we should join up with the South by Southwest organization and uh, get a piece of the action. Like, you know, you have to buy a badge to come to our house. I think that's... That, that's where, if you're... Yep. <laughs> you have to have a badge. Yeah, theory comes. Is somebody else going to Adam's house? <laughs> you have a you badge. Going with, you're going. Are you guys going? We got a badge. <laughs> no, we're gonna do. A, we're gonna do a concert series next year. Totally, we're, a backyard concert series. So anyway, so house. so people are coming by and bringing beautiful house gifts. And oh, I got well, yeah. That's a plus. It's a big plus. Last night we had Mike and Jane over, producers of the show, uh, executive producers. 
And uh, they live in Austin. Mike's a musician. He teaches, plays guitar. And, you know, he brought his guitar. And you know, we're sitting. I mean, how cool is that, right? We're sitting outside. We're in Austin. He's playing. I'm, I'm, I'm playing along on the slide whistle. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of Gee, everyone. I wish somebody had been recording this, <laughs> this fantastic event. And the kazoo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, and Jane, uh, she actually, very cute, she brought over uh, a handmade uh, pot. She makes pottery in her spare time with marjoram growing in it. And that, of course, is based upon your recommendation on the show, so that was nice. Um, and, uh, but Charlie came over, Charlie Thompson came over the other day and, he, <laughs> and he brought over two gifts. One was a Texas license plate, which he had, uh, cut with a plasma, uh, lance into the, you know, the, the state map of Texas. That's the kind of thing you want here on your Austin home. And the other one was mint inbox with, uh, instruction manual. What? What? Wait, back up. Mint in box? Mint, as in mint condition. Oh, mint. In the original box uh, from 1961, a Victorine Instrument Company Geiger counter. Oh, good. And uh, and just to, just to prove it here, I'll just, uh, you know, just there's a little test thing on it, so you can, here we go, there's the, uh, can you hear it? Yeah, it's a Geiger counter. Yeah. That's, that's the noise they make. Yeah. You know how that works is like 9,000 volts are going through that detector. Yeah, but there's no amps. No. <laughs> but I still wouldn't put my tongue on it. Um, so that was kind of apropos, as of I course I immediately... think of putting your tongue on it. Anyway, go on. It's part of the Tourette's. Um, so, of course, I'm going around. You know, they're looking at every piece of Chinese junk that we've bought at Bed Bath & Beyond. You know, I'm checking for, you know, if there's any guy. Yeah, yeah, for radiation. You should take it to the sushi bar. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take it to Ushi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally doing it. Hold on a second. I know the owner of Uchi. You know, I said, hey, I'm going to check your fish. Um, there's a lot of fish coming in from Japan. Yeah, but it's not radioactive. Bullcrap. You don't know that. I do. <laughs> uh, but what's interesting is um, something happened in Chicago, which I believe to be a complete setup event uh, uh, for a number. But it's, it involved Geiger counters and not just Geiger counters, but the elite John, the elite Viper team. Did well, you know we have we have categories of these Viper teams now? No, no all and Viper one is the elite. No, all Viper team apparently is elite. They've gone from douchebag TSA, which is where, which is who runs the Viper team, to the elite. Now, now they're like some. But when you hear how dumb they are. In trying to find this nuclear threat in Chicago, they're anything but elite. Chicago commuters were stunned. A nuclear scare on board a Chicago metro train just last night. And you don't think that's related to North Korea, do you? I mean, of course, this is all a part of the big, be afraid of nuclear, be afraid of nuclear. And, you know, Dvorak, you're probably on the payroll, too. Yo, your sushi's nuclear! CBS2 investigator Dave Savini <laughs> shows us what federal agents I found. I wish! <laughs> now, listen, I want you to hear the setup. Federal agents, they're called. Just last night, CBS2 investigator Dave Savini shows us what federal agents found on board in this original report. 
It's an original report, which means the White House didn't give it to him. Original report. That's very <laughs> funny. That's kind of good. In other words, they took the information and changed it around a little bit, so it's kind. Of, so it's you know, original. it's original. Yeah, it's localized. Not normal crap we read that was sent from the White House. I think they should say this localized report. <laughs> that, would, that would be better. We've localized this report. You might know whose bag this is. Sources say these are members of the elite TSA Viper team. Ooh. Wait, who says? Sources. Sources. Say? Sources. 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 Aboard the 5.04 p.m. Union Pacific West Line, they're carrying handheld nuclear detection devices. Handheld nuclear detection devices. I think that's what I have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a handheld nuclear detection device, also known as a Geiger counter, handy as a housewarming gift. Which picked up a reading for nuclear activity. <laughs> Viper teams were created after the 2004 bombing of a train in Madrid, Spain, to protect U.S. transportation. To harass passengers. Here at the Ogilvy Station, they detain this train and search for the person or bag that could be posing a deadly threat. Now, what do you Ooh. think? What, <laughs> what do you think happened? What do you think this was Ooh. all about? <laughs> what do you think? What happened? I, I want to hear your guess of what went on and what this they nuclear. They found uh, the, this, the planted guy and they found the bag <laughs> and then they beat the crap out of it. And then they didn't realize that he was actually TSA himself. <laughs> Unfortunately, this didn't end with a tasing, which is how I wanted it to end, too. But no. The bag in question turns out to be clean, but there's still a signal of something nuclear somewhere on the train. Do you hear that script? Wow. That was, i got to play that again. How would you know that, by the way? It doesn't give off that much radiation. Well, because this is fake. This whole yes, thing. Totally. We know it's fake, but why would they not? Why doesn't the news guys? Well, no. Or why don't the news guys say like, you know, this seems like a bogus, bogus, a bogative report, <laughs> and then start asking some some hard questions, and then say, well, they wouldn't get back to us on the answers. But you're now presuming that the news is not meant that you know, just like CNN with their with their 3D graphic. This is all meant to program your brain, you dumb slave. You understand? I mean, I know you understand this, please. Here at the Ogilvy Station, they detain this train and search for the person or bag that could be posing a deadly threat. The bag in question turns out to be clean, but there's still a signal of something nuclear somewhere on the train. This is a script. It's fun. Oh, okay. They were in charge, and they weren't going to let that train go out until they knew Ooh. it was safe. Jerry Jones, Ooh. a Chicago listen, Chicago <laughs> lawyer, was heading home on that train. He's the passenger in the blue shirt. Also known as the patsy or as the guy for the inside job. They actually narrowed it down to the people right around you on the train. Yes, they did. And the oh. entire time you're sitting there thinking, wonder what they're looking for. I had no idea that I was the center of the activity. Jones says the special security team must have picked up on him as he entered the station and walked up these stairs. Little did he know that a nuclear stress test he took earlier in the day would have set off silent alarms and sent security scurrying. A nuclear stress test that he had. Oh, what is that? I don't know. Well, apparently I've it's... I've never heard of such a thing. Apparently it's very normal. Let's look it up. You do that and I'll play the rest of the report because this guy's obviously the shill. Probably 15 minutes. 15 minutes, they're kind of buzzing around looking for, right, this, right. for this bag right. or person. Yes. The TSA team passed right by him several times before ending up on his train car. Finally, he got a clue when an agent questioned the man right next to him. And said, sir, do you have an explanation as to why I'm getting a high isotope reading on your bag? Oh, yes, I had isotope for breakfast. What kind of... What kind, that, yeah, that's... So if there's someone with a suitcase nuke... The, the T, Of course. The TSA goes in and says, stop, citizen. Why am I getting a high okay, isotope reading? 
A nuclear stress test is a, a non-invasive imaging test that uses a tiny amount of radioactive material known as a tracer. The tracer, which is injected into your arms. A, a doctor friend of mine is one of these guys, by the way. Uh, emits a certain kind of energy called gamma rays that can be detected by a special camera, special camera. The mm. information is processed, then they can reconstruct it to get a better picture of your heart. Uh, the two tracers use the doctor may use radionuclei. So they see how, they see how uh, if your arteries are wide enough, I guess that's kind Star, of the, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, okay, that makes it's for heart so heart disease. You got a little shot of some uh, isotopes, citizen. What are you doing with those isotopes, citizen? And it seems as if this doesn't make sense to me because it would seem to me that the amount of radiation is so small, and it's within and it's. Obviously, within the body and such. Uh, well, I think it's making total sense because what this report is intended to communicate is infinitesimal amounts. So even if you've been in contact with isotopes, okay, they're using thallium. Okay, we'll just, we'll stop. I mean, before I know what you're saying, I know where I know where you're going to go with this, which is that this is they're creating a bogative thing to make you think it's more sensitive than it is. So thallium is what they're, I guess, one of the things they're using, which is which is very radioactive. We used to have some at the lab in. Uh, at um, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. It was thorium? I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm mixing up my radioactive. Yeah, and that's why they kick you out of the lab. I think. <laughs> but we used to have a jar of this stuff, and then you, it was it was in lead, and so you take the lead off, and then you could test the Geiger counter. Yeah. Right. Anyway. All right. So uh, I will finish my thought. It's bull crap. They're just making this up. To you. Wow. Even that little amount, they were able to track it. Now, of course, the whole thing is crazy because the guy's sitting right there. I mean, they can detect him walking around the station, but they can't, like, get a reading off of him. With the, with the gear they got on him. Yeah, I know. That's the they, they make mistakes. These guys aren't that bright. Oh, no way. So, so they, they try to impress upon the public that there's these sensors all over the train stations so if somebody walks into the subway with a bomb yeah a nuke uh the, i mean you could probably <laughs> walk in with c4 why don't you use that I mean, i'm not figuring out why you'd want to have a, a weapon like a, a nuke so you bring a nuke into the train station they spot it immediately and then they track you down like a dog within 15 minutes that's right not just they the elite viper team. The elite vipers, they come in. The elite vipers. So we'll I, I guess they, the Chicago public just laps this up. Oh, oh, of course. They love it. In fact, we have to, I mean, how do we pay off a segment like this? We know this. We know the script. What is always going to be the end result? How do we wrap it up? How do we put a bow around it? I don't know. Yes, you do. Pass a new law. No. <laughs> no. You know how we wrap it up. We want the public saying they feel safe. Oh no! Yeah, right. You, now you go you're right. If you're doing a package, package, yeah. Now you go interview people, and you don't have and you and the one guy who says this sounds like a bunch of malarkey to me. You keep him out of the report, and everybody else goes on and on about. Oh, I feel so much safer. I wish these Viper teams were around here more often. It's better to be safe than sorry. Fellas, jaw dropped. Once the agent said isotope, Jones says he realized he was the one they were looking for. And that's when he raised his hand to confess. I had a nuclear stress test. I forgot it. After showing his ID and proof of the nuclear test, which can leave patients emitting radiation for some time, Jones and the other passengers were allowed to go on their way. What feeling do you walk away with? One of great security, knowing <laughs> there are people on the lookout for this type of thing. Dave Savini, CBS. So they took it even further. They took the guy who was the patsy, who was the setup, who was the shill, and they made him say that in the sit-down interview. This is taking it one step further. 
Yeah, well, that may be because they couldn't get anyone else in Chicago to go on camera. Because <laughs> they're like, I ain't doing that, man. Which reminds me of an email I got from a producer, Ethan. Uh, he just sent me this this morning. Waiting for the train from White Plains to Grand Central. Every time I see a stupid NYPD poster with, if you see something, say something, the fucking jingle plays in my head. What is that jingle? Play it again. If you see something, say something. I'm thinking since I see things all the time, I should just start making guttural weirdo noises. That'll, that'll keep the other slaves from sitting next to me on the subway. That would, actually. He says, New York blows. Can't wait Can't wait to get back to ATX. There's a couple of different ways to uh, keep people from sitting next to you. One of them, which I found to be very useful, is to wear one of those masks yeah. like you're sick. Yeah. And also spray yourself a little bit with some, with a little, with a Rosewater, Rosewater mister. Yeah, mister. So you got sweat, look, you're all sweaty, and especially in your hair. And so then you wear that. No one will sit next to you on that one. The other one is if somebody asks if that seat's taken, you can always say yes by Jesus. You can use that. But that usually stops it. <laughs> oh, hold on. I give you an in the morning. In that the one. morning. Not heard, I heard the mask one. I haven't heard the yes by Jesus. <laughs> I like just I like just having my Geiger counter next to me on the seat. <laughs> right. And, 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 and wear some really thick glasses and be kind of cross-eyed. <laughs> With a Geiger counter. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be holding a red stapler in the other hand. Oh, oh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, we need more of these tips. I, I, think the, <laughs> I think the guttural noises are good, but you've got to do Tourette's ticks as well. Otherwise, it yeah, doesn't work. Yeah, the ticks are great. That'll do it. <laughs> I, I was always very lonely on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I ran into a, a clip for a, a show they're playing on one of the networks called Brothers in Arms. You know about this? Um, it's about yeah. Vikings or whatever. No, it's not about Vikings. Isn't that about, about Vikings? No, I thought that was about uh, Vietnam or something. No, no, this is about Vikings. I'm sure of it. But but listen to this clip and tell me. I don't know. Maybe I'm hearing things, but it seems to me this is about Vikings. By the way, <laughs> it seems to me that I might be mishearing one of the assertions made in this clip, and you can tell me if you hear the same thing. Your brothers, you and I will always be equal. All the friends and companions of my youth are dead. Feasting and drinking in the halls of the gods. Give me the chance. <laughs> Wait, did he, did he say listing and drinking in the halls of the gods or the whores? Fisting and drinking. <laughs> in the whores of the gods? In the halls oh. of the gods. Fisting? Well, that's what it sounds like. What is the point of that? What is, what kind of, <laughs> what's going on with those oh, Vikings? Let me listen. The gods. <laughs> Oh, what happened? You didn't back it up enough. Oh, I didn't back it up. I'm sorry about that. Let's start. Brothers, you and I will always be equal. All the friends and companions of my youth are dead. Feasting and drinking <laughs> in the halls of the gods. <laughs> I'm in. I got to watch this show. Fisting and drinking. <laughs> in. That's what it says. What can I say? We watched every single episode of Dallas. Oh, the new Dallas or the yeah. old Dallas? Yeah, the new one, of course. Yeah, okay. We leave tomorrow. Mickey's shooting on Tuesday. Oh, that's right. You had to watch them all so you can get a feeling so yeah. she can get into it. Yeah. What and do you think? It is. Is she going to fit right in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you know what the characters? Have you seen the script? I'm not allowed to talk. 
Oh, please. Mm-mm. Well, can she, does she do the role right? Oh, yeah. Is, no, she, is she a murderer? Let me ask you that. Is that, she a murderer? She might be. Ooh. Yeah, she definitely is, um, there's a, she's a very deep character. Huh. If they continue the character in season three. So I uh, was, I tried to get some clips from CPAC. I got one. I, I got one. one too, and I think I got the best clip. So even though it's it's not a funny clip like the fisting one, but I think this, <laughs> how come no one says that at CPAC? And please explain what CPAC is. CPAC is a conservative political action committee. They have a huge meeting every year where they insult various Republicans and other conservatives who they don't invite to speak. And every douchebag in the world comes up there and rails about how the Republicans are or that the Republicans suck and they should all become conservatives. What is the, the point of this? What is the point of the CPAC? It gets a, a full attention of C-SPAN, so all these speakers who you've never seen before in your life get to go yakking away about one thing. And or who another. pays I, for all of this? Find it tedious. Who pays for all of this? I don't know. The Koch brothers. I have no idea. So what's the point of it? Isn't the point is to be an indicator of who's going to be the right candidate for nah, 2016? It's a, it's a rally. It's a rally. Yeah, but rallies cost money. Someone's got to be well, paying for this you junk. You get to pay to go to. I don't have no idea. I don't care. But okay. this is a good little speech. <laughs> this is the guy. This is the NRA guy. So you can figure out where the punchline is. <clears throat> the one that says CPAC. Yeah. yeah. At the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs, officials recommend that women defend themselves against a rapist with passive resistance. <laughs> passive resistance. The one thing a violent rapist deserves to face is a good woman with a gun. Yeah! <laughs> Remember we played that clip of the, of the, the university uh, security officer who was saying you should pee or tell, you, tell the rapist that you're, that you're going to throw up? Remember that? Yeah, that, yeah. That's what that was about. Yeah, I guess. I think the gun's funnier. No, I think uh, funny was that there was a no agenda listener in the audience. Did you hear him? No. Oh, oh you missed him right at the he beginning. yelled in the morning? Almost as good. I also came with a message, a message for the president, a message that is loud and clear, a message that doesn't mince words. (laughs) That has to be a no agenda listener. Don't drone me, bro. Yeah, I mean, come on. That that has to be a no. That that is one of ours. That has to be. There's just no... But the timing is so beautiful. It, I mean, only a no agenda person can understand how you time something like that. Yeah, in his, I think uh, you're right. I think it was a no agenda. I want to know who that is. That person. Yeah, becomes, somebody give us get, give yourself credit. Give us yeah. a, a, an email. Yeah, I, mean, I just want to hear that again. I also so. came with a message, a message for the president, a message that is loud and clear, a message that doesn't mince words. <laughs> that's not exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, but that's what we're thinking. That's what the no agenda people think. Why yeah. is it? Why is it that our thinking is so crazy? I don't know. It makes sense to me. Yeah, it's like you know, you don't drone me. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, it's an outrage. It's just an outrage what Iran is doing. I mean, it's just an out. 
outrage what they're doing with our drones. Lynn has just now learned Iran has targeted a U.S. predator drone as it flew over the Persian Gulf in international airspace. The incident earlier this week saw Iranian military aircraft shadow the drone until it left the area. Three administration officials have confirmed the incident and all say no shots were fired. The confrontation is just the latest here in Iranian efforts to prevent the U.S. military's intelligence gathering operations in that region. I mean, we're so arrogant. Uh, at least that's what our prostitutes are taught to talk about. Like, oh, you know, they won't let us fly. We won't. They won't let us spy on them. Who do they think they are? I know it's amazing, but it, it's it's so it's so matter of fact. I'm just blown away. I'm just really I'm blown, blown away. away that the Iranians didn't shoot the thing down. No, they're not stupid. Why? What the hell uh, are they going to know? If you're in behind it with a jet or you send a <laughs> missile and you blow it out of the sky and uh, the thing just stops working. Go, what happened? Uh, then they can claim they caught it. But this, it's really, it's become, I don't, you know, here's what's happened. We no longer have a television kind of in our living space. Um, and I think that's really a good thing. Uh, so we used to, you know, in the morning we'd, we'd have, you know, the news. We'd have CNN or C-SPAN, something on. In the you know, morning? In the morning. Uh, but then it would kind of stay on, and, you know, it's, it's, very, it's very unsettling when you think about it. Um, it's not good for your health, and, and I would it would be under the guise of I have to know what's going on. But meanwhile, it's kind of like waking up and someone taking a needle and poking it in your retina. You know, it's just it's not a good thing for you. It makes you irritated. So when we moved here, we couldn't really find a place for the television, for, like, the little, the little news television in the kitchen area. And I said, you know, well, let's, let's screw it. We're not going to do that. Let's just not do it. So now what has happened is when I'm in the uh, Camp Mofo studio, or the, you know, the Travis Heights hideout, uh, of course I have uh, several monitors here, and then it's, it becomes that much, I, I notice that I've, I'm less, I'm more aware of how Orwellian it really is, that they're really trying to teach you something, not give you, it, it is just training, and because I haven't been so subdued or so, you know, knocked down by the constant barrage that when I'm exposed to it, kind of like a Geiger counter, you know, now I'm like, oh, wow, you know, this is this is amazing what's happening. Nothing really shows that as much as and even though this is kind of from a week ago, you know, the uh, the big sugary drink ban went into effect in uh, in New York. So. You're not allowed to have a certain, you know, you are not allowed. It was, it was, thro it was thrown out by a judge. It still went into effect. It went into effect. I was understanding it was thrown out by a judge. No, no, it went into effect. And and then. Like hell with the courts. Hell with the law. Hello. Which I'm going to bring up later as a theme, by yeah. the way, with uh, Thomas Drake. Good. Um, And. And uh, the editor, this woman, editor of Fortune magazine was on. Mm. I don't remember what show it was. Maybe it was morning, morning junk. And when you hear how the media is is all like, you know, we we need to teach people. You know, people need help. People are dumb. People don't understand this portion control. You know, because you you slaves are too stupid. It's 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 frightening to me how, to what lengths the media will go in cahoots with government to literally control us. And, the, and I'm waiting for the uh, moment in C uh, NCIS, which is the number one rated uh, uh, show on television on CBS, uh, Tuesdays at 8, 9, or 10, <laughs> I can't remember. 8 Central. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, have this one character, Abby, and she is the uh, 
weirdo that works in the lab, and she's like some sort of a genius in the lab. And she, when she gets to work on a big project, she brings out one of those giant big gulps. Oh. Like a huge one. They're like 32-ouncers. Right. You're not allowed to have that. 16 is your max. So, well, of course, they're in, well, I don't know where they are. They're ahead. They're, well, they're in New York, uh, aren't they? No, no. NCIS uh, is. It, uh, it doesn't matter. No, it's in, it's in Washington, D.C. area. She'll still say that she'll make a, a New York reference. I believe that's what I'm waiting for. I'm absolutely convinced they're going to be, someone's going to get a call. Hey, you know, we're trying to get the whole country on board. And every time this Abby character is walking around with a 32-ounce big gulp, might be appropriate if you had her change her portion size. <laughs> okay. I think you, well, you know what? You'll monitor that for us. CBS, what is it? Tuesdays, 9, 8 Central. What are you, TV guide now? now. Can I just say something about this drink? You would love yeah. thing? Yeah. Please. So we talk a lot about this show. This is the Fortune Magazine editor. About leadership and the lack of leadership. leadership. And the mayor himself has come on here and said, you know, sometimes you have to do not what your people want you to do, but what you have to take people by the hand and lead them. Whoa. You know, this is kind of, in business, we talk about the way Steve Jobs managed things, which is he doesn't do what consumers want. He takes you and yanks you and gives you something you didn't know you needed. And, you know, I think this is a case of that. I think that if you look at the obesity rates, if you look at, I also think it might be overturned because the reasons the judge gave, the loopholes, the refills, it doesn't apply to refills, those seem to be minor to me. Yeah. But if you look at what the mayor did with smoking, that seemed just as outrageous it back did. when he instituted it. And, you know, I, I thank him every day when I go to a, well, when I used to go to bars. You slut. <laughs> You really so this is this is exactly what I said when the, when the mayor said no more smoking anywhere, not even in the park. And I still believe that if you want to have a bar filled with smoke, I won't go in it anymore because even I'm like disgusted. So that's a, but that's a commercial decision. You got to you know make up your own mind. We're fine. When he shut that down, I said, you watch. And and so next it's you know the size of your drink and next it's gonna be it's just gonna keep going like that and then for these idiots these douchebags don't forget the salt fiasco oh, the, the, which is still in effect and these idiots to say you know well this is leadership to take you by the hand you stupid slave because you're too dumb well, she should be ashamed of herself Fortune magazine this is the kind of editors we have nowadays. Ugh, it's just oh, very very disturbing to to hear this. And and you know what's going to be next? But I did I did like how she stumbled. Like when I go into a bar, uh, not that I go into bars anymore to be a slut. Jeez. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. So by the way, is anybody out there with a sling box in Europe? Sling box in Europe. I would like to get a. Uh, well, could you specify? Way. Would you like one in Cyprus? I would like one anywhere in Europe. Cypress would be great. But the HD version, I hopefully, would be best. And uh, I would, uh, just saying. I got, I've got i got a couple in New York that are great. I got one in Tampa, one in L.A., uh, two in Calgary, or one in Calgary and two in Detroit. And uh, that's about it. I don't hey, have Hey, yet. Detroit, now, now you're monitoring Detroit. Yeah. This is unbelievable what's going on there. You know, Detroit, yeah. it, that's basically the Cyprus of America. Yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff going on, that's for sure. Well, so, no, let's just stop. I mean, for one thing, the old mayor was a corrupt politician in his family. Apparently, the whole family was, and so they got him indicted. 
And now the new guy's in there with all this crazy... Uh, well, no, it's not just the new guy. They brought in a law firm. They brought in a, com- you know, a, a financial... Right. Well, that was the governor. Oh, the, the governor, governor did that? But essentially told Detroit, we are taking over the place. Yeah, but you know what it's for? It's for derivatives. They're selling off the water utility. Is, yeah. I mean, it is Greece. It is Cyprus. They're selling it off to pay off to service the derivative debt. It's credit default swaps, John. Which they were, and, and of course, you know who's behind this. You know. Well, you'd probably guess Goldman Sachs. And UBS, and it's, it's all the same guys, and Bank of America. They, they, just, they, they just came in, they just, they just stole all of, Detroit is not small. This is not a small no, little. Actually, they're, they're selling off the city itself. Detroit, <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize this. Because, hey, hey, uh, hey, Buster, you want a city? I got Detroit. I didn't realize this, but Detroit is. The city itself is massive. It's the size of L.A. It's, it's huge, huge. And by the way, Oakland is was like a bunch of little communities that all did fine, and then they became a big. They all got together to save. It's all to save money. So you have one police force, one mayor, one bookkeeper, all the rest of it. It's like it doesn't work. The cities should not be much bigger than a couple of square miles, and they should yeah. each have their own yeah. community police forcing. Yeah. That, and that would be great for Oakland especially, but the p- places that stayed out of this, the one place, Piedmont, which is the one uh, community in Oakland because there's these other towns, Fruitvale, Diamond, there's a bunch of these towns. They all became Oakland except, Fru- except Piedmont. Piedmont is a, is now one of the ritziest places in California to live. Well, this is the strategy in Austin, which uh, you know, I've spoken to a couple of councilmen, all Democrats, of course, all total Obama tube smokers. Um and but still, I like their strategy. It's like we want to. So they they're gonna be, we're gonna have ten more hotels here over the course of the next ten years, which is needed because you know it's just there's no room to do anything. But no new roads. You want to build? You want to be in Austin? Great. Go out. Round Rock, Kyle. You know, Dripping Springs. So and if you want to come into the city, you can either sit in traffic, or you can you know go at off hours. Or just not come. You can be a part of our, our area code. You'll have a different digit at the end. But go out, not in the city. And I think that's a very smart way to do it because it, you don't want you don't oh, want a big stink. It's fantastic. That's the Jerry Brown approach in California. That's what you got your four hundred five problem in Los Angeles because no, this is not realistic. No, to not build no, roads. no, that's All not you're true. Have is a huge traffic jam, and people are going to say, "Oh, this town stinks." Good, and then they'll go to Dallas or Houston, which is where we want them. That's the whole gonna, point. And you're going to be stuck with this huge traffic. No, jam. because we don't have traffic in Austin itself. It's Yet. only no. No, John, no. No, no, no. You no. you got suckered by one of these sweet talkers at one of your little <laughs> dinners, your soirees. <laughs> your of the it was the celebrity fashion show, actually. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think it's a good strategy. I don't want more people. I want people to go elsewhere. You can't stop it. There's a population growth. We don't, we're not at 150 million anymore. We're at three. Well, two, then we're, then we're going to have to. We're going to have to. Million. We're going to have to start shooting people then. Well, that's. A better solution than this this bull crap you've come up with, which is just oh I'm it's I'm in the submarine close the hatch yes anybody else yes yes if you if we saw a sign yesterday on South Congress now listen now listen this is this is the attitude of Austonians so there was a sign on South Congress that said come listen to live music here don't live here that that is exactly our strategy. Yeah. Come, spend your money, get drunk. Strategy that people come, it's the same thing. I'm in the submarine, close the hatch. Let, yes. 
everybody but me. We have no economy here for you. Go away. There's nothing to see here. Yeah. I've seen this before. <coughs> Excuse me. out, by the way. <coughs> well, so far, it's working great. We yeah, love it. Yeah, it always looks good in the beginning. Mm. You'll see. They're also for... Uh, you're going to be moving to Dallas if Mickey, you know, manages to get renewed. No. So you're done anyway with Austin. <laughs> no, I, I will not live in Dallas. I yeah, will... No. Absolutely, absolutely not. Your personality, to be honest about it. Blow me. I'm not going... I'm, that's totally... That's so untrue. Yeah. I, I am so Austin and so not Dallas. I'm yes. not Dallas. What are you talking about? You're more conservative than you are a raving lunatic left winger like you're sounding now with this, let's stop building highways and make everyone take a bicycle. <laughs> I'm not understanding why there's not a bicycle lane here. We have bicycle lanes all over the place around here, and there's no bicycles in them. Yeah, there's a lot of bicycles here, and it's very dangerous to ride so, your bike. Yeah, you're in Texas. <laughs> Uh, I'm not a ra I'm not a lefty lunatic. But I'm I got one here. Dallas is not for me. No. So I get. You'll see. Anyway, so I got the. Uh, oh, I, you put I, it in the red book if you're so smart. Oh, are you going to go to Dallas? Yeah, I'm not going to move to Dallas. Okay. No way. <clears throat> if if Mickey were to get a full time gig on Dallas, then I'd make we'd build into our contract a, a, a helicopter rental and I'd fly her. Uh huh. Yeah. They, you know, they pay per diem and all that, and you get, like, travel money. It's real professional. Fine. You move into Dallas. You like it there. It's a great town. It's livelier. than Actually, it's got a lot of stuff going on. I don't want that. I, I want to just chill here, you know, watch C-SPAN. Hey, you know? hey, the argument is over. You can say what you want. Okay. Everyone's heard my point of all view. Right. You, and you put it in the, all right. You put it in the book. It's in the book right now. It says, move to Dallas. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it means. <laughs> One day you'll be like, John will wake up going, I have to go to Dallas. I don't I know why. Move to Dallas. Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. I must go. So uh, <laughs> so they, some of the drug commercials, we haven't been playing them a lot recently, but they've no. gotten a lot more aggressive. Oh, really? Yeah, they've got uh, – this, the Symbolt is the one we've been following. I think we've done two or three iterations of their commercials. Mm -hmm. But this this one was just a jaw-dropper to me because it was essentially – this is what they're using to, to sucker the people into buying some of these drugs. In this case, Symbolta. It's like – now it's like a personal – it's it's more of a – you're a winner. You've got to do this. It's like a it's like a pep talk of orientation. It's kind of like a uh, you know one of these speakers. These uh, these uh, not inspirational, but those kind of speakers that come out and then they they, they get you all worked up about stuff. I've never really heard anything. Yeah, quite like uh, like for a herbal life when you're going to go sell uh, yeah, Amway. Yeah, well, this so, is kind of one of these kinds of things. Well, what does Symbolta do again? What is is this Cymbalta for? Is some sort of weird. Uh, is it for your penis? Reliever. Is it for your penis? It's like a pain reliever that will kill you. It's, it's essentially. <laughs> well, hold on. I just want, before we play, it's important. I think we should know what it does before we listen to the commercial. Symbolta.com. Uh, okay, that should be it. Depression. It's an antidepressant. I thought it was for pain. It sounds like it's for pain from this commercial. Well, let's see what it says. Indicate. Symbolta is indicated for the treatment of major depressive disorder, MDD. Oh. <gasps> The efficacy of Cymbalta was established in four well, short... Hold on a second. Maybe it's not Cymbalta that this ad's for. I just put it on the clip name. Well, you, you just... You, oh, thank God you're not my medical provider. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, here, take a look at this Cymbalta. <laughs> it's good. <What? laughs> now I want to listen to the commercial. Let's hear it. 
This day calls you to fight chronic osteoarthritis pain, <laughs> to fight chronic low back pain, to take action, to take the next step. Today you will know you did something for your pain. Cymbalta can help. You're right! And and, and, and Cymbalta is a magical drug because I was looking at the website and it just shifted and it just says it's also for chronic low back pain. So it's like a floor wax and a dessert topping. Okay, I, I know what the, what this mechanism is. This is the same mechanism that is uh, Valium has, which is Valium is used as a mus- muscle relaxant and as an antidepressant. So it, this apparently is the next level. But it was so I'm I didn't make a mistake. So you wouldn't no, get right. the wrong prescription. But you got to play the beginning again because yeah, I'm going to. Like, I'm going to yeah. What are you kidding me? What is kind of a pitch is this? So, the, but so you got to fight, 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 my friend. So Valium is kind of like a, it's for sex parties and for the hangover. It's like you can take it all the time. Oh, yeah. You can just take that stuff constantly. <laughs> Cymbalta is like my back hurts and I'm depressed about it. <laughs> it's fantastic. All right. You're a winner. This day calls you Woo! to fight chronic osteoarthritis pain, to fight chronic low back pain, to take action, to take the next step. Today, you will know you did something for your pain. Cymbalta can help. Cymbalta is a pain reliever, FDA approved to manage chronic musculoskeletal pain. One non-narcotic pill a day, every day, can help reduce this pain. Tell your doctor right away if your mood worsens, you have unusual changes in mood or behavior or thoughts of suicide. (laughs) Antidepressants can increase these in children, teens, and young adults. Cymbalta is not for children under 18. People taking MAOIs, linazolid, or thiaridazine or with uncontrolled glaucoma should not take Cymbalta. Taking it with NSAID pain relievers, aspirin, or blood thinners may increase bleeding risk. Severe liver problems, some fatal, were reported. Signs include abdominal pain and yellowing skin or eyes. Tell your doctor about all your medicines, including those for migraine. And while on Cymbalta, call right away if you have high fever, confusion, and stiff muscles, or serious allergic skin reactions like blisters, peeling rash, hives, or mouth sores to address possible life-threatening conditions. Talk about your alcohol use, liver disease, and before you reduce or stop Cymbalta. Dizziness or fainting may occur upon standing. Take the next step. Talk to your doctor. Cymbalta can help. You can do it, bitch. Yeah, that's that. That, that is a, that is a very aggressive stance. Oh, yeah. I, Take I agree. action. Take action now. No, you did something. But you know, this is the. I could have done this voiceover. Yet, do I get an audition for that? No. I mean, listen. Like, you've got to take action now. Do you have? <clears throat> You can do it. You're a winner. Back pain. Low chronic back pain. Take action today. You can do it. You will win. If you wake up with the blues, trying to fill your day with news, there's one thing you must remember. No agenda in the morning. For a healthy, balanced news diet, try noagendashow.com. Living the mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese by Ayn Rand. How awesome is that new jingle? That's good. Mac and Cheese by Ayn Rand. <laughs> and it's two different guys, by the way. That's yeah, that, it's funny, though, because it works perfectly. What, so one of, my, one of our producers said, whenever I hear that Mac and Cheese jingle, I always think, by Ayn Rand. I'm like, wow, that's a good one. And I put it together. I'm like, this is awesome. And Mickey was angry. He's like, that's an insult to Ayn Rand. Oh, God. Is she a true believer? I didn't know that. Well, who? She, yes, you did. She, she, I'd never read the book until she gave it to me. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I 
You didn't know that, did you? No, I did not know that. Now she, um, she, yeah, she, she loves. She's not an objectivist or anything like that. But she totally. Oh, it sounds like to me when she goes offended by the mac and cheese by Andrea. <laughs> and before we take a little break here, I would, uh, I would like to. <laughs> one of our producers forwarded this. It was um, a blatant uh, package. Uh, one of these uh, junket packages where the actor, in this case, director and actor, uh, is interviewed by either several or one, and then they syndicate the interview without the person on camera. And uh, so you can you pretend it was your interview. Hey, we, we went, we interviewed Ben Affleck. And you didn't. It was just you took out the original interviewer's questions, and it's just an ISO shot of the actor, in this case, actor-director. And uh, one of our uh, thesi is, of course, that not only... Um, is uh, is this a whole bogative movie about the CIA and the State Department, and it was set up to coincide with the kidnapping of uh, Ambassador Stevens, which went horribly wrong and turned, you know, got killed, and all that's all messed up. But uh, you know, the whole thing was commissioned through uh, Clooney, and Clooney, of course, is a known CIA asset. His handler is what's the guy's name again? Is uh, yeah, with, guy with the long hair. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, character. that guy. He's always got a handler, and I think Clooney's dad probably was in the intelligence service. And we even know from Operation Mockingbird and the church investigation uh, that this has been going on in the media, and, and certainly it's shifted towards Hollywood and the movies over the past couple of decades. And because yeah, they're more, they have, well, actually, if we bring up some of my clips later, there's a good reason for that happening because the press is just completely compromised in such a way that nobody pays any attention to him anymore and people are more likely to pay attention to what George Clooney says than what any observer any medium uh, pundit would say but unfortunately Kim Jong-un chose the wrong celebrity he chose Dennis Rodman which is so easy to ridicule you know because he looks weird and he says funky things you know you've got people influencers of the world elites choose your celebrities wisely you know, you want Angelina Jolie, which is what... Yeah, I, but they're, if they're all compromised, you get, who are you going to find that's not compromised? Oh, well, hello. Go. It's very simple. Hello. All you have to do is make a new movie, put enough marketing into it, make the star a star, and, they, and then you MK Ultra their ass and you've got them. I'm amazed that these Twilight kids haven't shown up. You know, maybe they're just being molded and they're the next wave or something. I think they're kind of dumb. Well, they're all... They're on drugs. You know, they're all wasted so that they're just not useful yet um but it's this is this is the system um and so the question of course comes up uh because and and it's said jokingly and the answer comes back jokingly about oh so there must everyone in hollywood must be a spy are there many actors in hollywood who also moonlight as agents do you think <laughs> i think there are probably quite a few yes <laughs> i think probably hollywood is full of cia agents and we just don't know it um and i wouldn't be surprised at all to discover that you know this is extremely common yeah and so that last part that he said, I don't think, uh, first of all, I don't think he's joking at all. I think this is a typical uh, case of someone calling you on your BS. And so hey, Hollywood's basically filled with people who are compromised and run by the CIA. And he's trying to make a joke out of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't really be surprised. And then, of course, the obvious question. Are you a CIA? I am, yes. <laughs> and now you've blown my cover. So That's there fine. goes my career. Uh, <laughs> I hope the directing thing better work out. Ah, well, don't worry. You That is your career, my friend. That is your career. <laughs> that is funny because, you know, we, we, we determined on the No Agenda show that the reason he wasn't nominated for director. Yeah, is because Hollywood was pissed off that, that, that he got all this... Kudos for this movie. 
Right. And it was, was paid for by the CIA. Paid for by the government, uh, which was shown in the credits, obviously, that were a lot of the, you know, where the, lot of this, inf- where, where it was coming from was in the credits. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So we had, uh, so, so he gets no credit for being a director because the director's guild or whoever was probably, you know, sandbagging him saying, this is bullshit. And, uh, so then he comes out and he's not a liar. No. You know, people always say that, you know, the one thing you always remember, people always say that they can't, it's not possible for anyone to really lie. They can, they, it comes out one way or the other. So why even bother even trying? Just say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a CIA agent. <laughs> Who's yeah. going to believe that? Yeah. <laughs> no, if I say it was, <laughs> that's right. But, yeah. Yeah. But clearly, yeah. Well, just pay attention to what's going on, people. You'll see it. That's why Clooney's always looking down and all embarrassed. Yeah, Clooney doesn't like what he's up to. No, and he has conscience, but I think he's like, damn, man, I got I got the the place in uh, in Cuomo, you know, I got got the the lake house, I got the babes, you know, it's like no one questions my homosexuality. as it were. Yeah. So, uh, no one questions my homosexuality. If you right, if you if you want to see, but he but he does take a little swipe now and again. I mean, if you want, but most of those movies are suppressed. But if you want to see a good movie, there's actually a couple of them he's done, and they're always the art pieces. The American is a good movie. It's about an assassin. Yes, yes. very good movie. Uh, Syriana. Yes, and men who speak to goats, stare at men goats. Is, right, Syriana and men who speak to goats, and then that one that he <laughs> speak, men, men and the goats who look scared next to them. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, the the other one is uh, the one that he that. Uh, uh, Swinton won the Academy Award for, uh, which I think is just – I've watched that. It's one of those few movies I'll actually watch if it's, if it's on. What was that? Just, oh, let me see. Clooney. Is it on Tuesdays on CBS at 9, 8 Central? <laughs> filmography. <laughs> uh, no. It might be. Let's see what his filmography is. I, I like The Men Who Stared Goats. That was a pretty good movie. It was weird. He does a lot of films. I mean, this guy's just – And there was droning in that, too. That was kind of cool. That was yeah, the first no, kind of really droning, good. droning movie. Up in the Air was actually a good film, but it wasn't a political movie. It was just about pathetic guy. Michael Clayton. That's, that's the name of the movie. Yeah, Michael Clayton is mm. one of the. It's just a. It's just a great, great film. It's about a fixer in a big law firm, and it is riveting, and it's got all kinds of creepy stuff going on. It's really you. If you haven't seen Michael Clayton, you have to watch it. Just rent it, get it on Netflix, whatever. Sounds like uh, sounds like a very good uh, no agenda movie tip. Yes, that's our no agenda movie tip of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, leading into that, uh, you know we um, we had uh, we we've had a number of times where challenge coins have come up, and uh, people have sold them. And there's a number of no agenda challenge challenge coins out there. Can you still get them on noagendanation.com, or is that? I think he's pretty much out. Okay. The last ones were the Inca. Right, coins, the Ma- the Ma- the Ma- the Mayan coins, <laughs> and I think Eric's going on now. He's doing a uh, the Mayan coins are great. He's doing a the, constitution thing with the handmade a constitution actually printed on the re- on real parchment. It's very expensive. Well, it's not that expensive. No, actually. it's like two hundred bucks, but it's handmade. Yeah, that's for the regular ones, but yeah. the the one that's going to be the really collectible one. Hey, way to, way to help the guy out with some sales. It's really expensive. It is, <laughs> but he makes them by hand in the shack out there in the back. Well, the one, the expensive one. <laughs> well, you've given him, you haven't given him the a, the 802.11 AC access. No, he just gets the N. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Take the your expensive N. one, which I think is a, I don't know what it is, but it's, that is actually going to be a collectible. 
Oh yeah, he's only going to make a couple hundred of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, the yeah, reason I brought that. this up is because there's a a, a law, a bill has been introduced. Because I guess this this once we started doing challenge coins, like everyone just really got into the challenge coin business, and now there's HR. 1218 to prohibit the payment of surcharges for commemorative coin programs to private organizations or entities. So I think that that's gotten out of even mean because people are making challenge coins and selling them for like a hundred bucks. And so what? And yeah, but in government. And so, you know, the government, the government is the government's buying up the challenge coins instead of, you know, a challenge coin, whatever a challenge coin is worth. You know, they're paying like a hundred bucks, and then that money is going to some. It's being it's whitewashing essentially. They're whitewashing through challenge coins. So the uh, I've got a couple of challenges. I for, somebody sent us something in December. I, I don't have his name in front of me, but he said, "Did you ever get it? it?" Was a couple of challenge coins which I have, and some pistachios and some TVs. I have to. I realize now that I did get them. I got all this stuff because I was going through my drawer of challenge coins along next to the ink drawer, and uh, there were two of these F-35 Strike Force Challenge coins. Oh, wow. Yeah, you got one that's with your Nice. No, thank you. It's a beauty. Uh, there's another There's another move, just as another movie tip. Oh, where the hell? Oh, Mickey already took it. Uh, Sergeant Fred gave us the movie about uh, Viva Cristo Rey. It's, uh, it's like the Mexican. Uh, I have, we haven't watched it yet. But I'm going to review this movie. He says it's like a the original hit him in the mouth movie. It's got uh, uh, Peter O'Toole's in there, and uh, so he's been talking about it for a long time. And he finally he finally went out and just bought us the DVD. <laughs> he's like, here, you have to watch it. So I'll have a I'll have a review of that uh, next week. Okay, well I have a New York Times report then. Oh, hold on one second. Oh, where are we? Okay, here we go. John's gonna hunt the Sunday Times. Uh, today's Sunday Times was one pound, 5.4 ounces, down 6.1 ounces from last Sunday. John's gonna hunt the Sunday Times. I'm gonna show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. So we had a little uh, Harper didn't get his call out for uh, his birthday last show. And apparently little Harper, amongst the other children that listen to our show for some some unknown reason, maybe from the bells, uh, was apparently very disappointed. And what exactly is it that Little Harper likes so much? Which jingles are the ones? I don't know. I think it's the... Uh, Shut up, Slay! I think that's a good one for them to be talking to their... Uh, I think all kids should just be saying, Hey, Mom! Uh, hey, Mom! Shut up, Slay! Also, uh, the mofo thing is a good one. We might as well encourage that. The You know, the... Oh, adios. right. Hold on a second. Kids Let me... seem to like that one. Yeah, okay. All right, kids. Adios, mofo. That's right. Kids love that. <laughs> <laughs> so use that, kids. But I, and when but, you get the chance, get it. Have your mommy and daddy write out an envelope to No Agenda Show, 
339 El Cerrito, California, 94530, and have them put a check in it. All right, all kids. Or just take the money from their purse <laughs> and wallets and put it in there yourself and send it to us. Hey, all kids, I'm, I'm going to screw up every single kid who's ever listened to the show. So when you, when you grow up, when you're 18, this will surface in your brain. Cheese life. Mac and cheese by Ayn Rand. Oh, yeah. They're going to be so messed up, John. So Mark Fusco is our first uh, name to be mentioned as a as our uh, producer for show of 497. Uh, six. I just, six. I, I just look up on the thing and I okay, just read okay. like can, can is, is this something about uh, Buzzkill Jr. that he's like, is, is he adamant on, on telling us that we're idiots, that it's actually 497 when it's not? Or does he not listen to the show? Does he? You know what? He stopped listening to the show. Okay, that's fine. That's because he's not here. He's at his boot camp. Oh, oh so I can't yell at him then. No, this leet you won't be able to for another few weeks. This leet donation completes my knighthood if it shows up in time for Sunday. Cool. If not, that's cool too. Uh, I'd like to apply to be your sommelier knight, wherein I shall serve foie gras and sauterne. To the round table. Ah, oh, okay. Well, I think we can add that. Hold on a second. Tell me. I'll do that right now. Um, he wants to be sommelier knight. Jeez, Louise. Okay, I'm putting it in. Okay, it's fine with me. If he's if he knows a good sauterne, I'm I'm all for it. I didn't know <laughs> he did. But Dwayne Biblo in Calgary, Alberta. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, Patrick Turner in Austin, Texas. Hey now. 111. He's right there. There he comes. He's coming at the door. <laughs> hey, where's your pass? <laughs> Ulrich Hansen in Copenhagen is uh, going to be a knight today at $110.33. Hey, I think, isn't, isn't that Ulrich who sent me the, the brown cheese? I don't know. I think so. I yeah. Brown cheese. I got no brown cheese. No brown cheese for me. Well, you can have Miss Mickey's half because she's not no, liking no, the brown cheese. I've had that cheese before. I love that cheese. I'm going to have some right after the show. It's, it's actually, it gets really, to me, it gets old fast. Oh. John McKechnie in Happy Valley, Happy Valley, Oregon, one hundred one Happy Valley. He's the one who gave us the uh, Feinstein Mr. Drone clip. Oh, good one. Sir Oscar Nadal in Tijuana, one hundred one uh, Jay Zucal in Los Angeles. Hey, hold on a second. I got. Do we have a? Uh... Is it a birthday call out for me on the tenth? Oh, okay. So we don't have to do that. That's that'll be. Did he put the ten, He put it in for the tenth. I mean, he's, he's either really late or really early. I don't know. Just give him the birthday call out. We'll worry about it later. Okay, because well, I'm just checking. It's not I on think the list. He's late. I don't know. It's I mean, on I, the list. I got a big birthday cake here. Look, I'm, I'm okay. No, he's not on the list. Well, he's got the cake on the spreadsheet. He's, oh yeah, he's on the list. You're right. Sorry, yeah. I'm an idiot. Jay Zucal in Los Angeles, hundred bucks. Um, I think he. I think this may be a repeat, but anyway, uh, anonymous in Clinton Twerp, Michigan. Is that what it is? Clinton or Clinton's a twerp? What is that? Clinton. How about Clinton Township? I'll just take a stab. Oh, could be Charles Cole <laughs> stab. <laughs> For, Charles Kohler in Forestville, uh, Australia. Uh, Tristan McCann in South Berwick. These are all hundred dollar donations. Maine. Uh, James Sir Spitzer, James Spitzer in Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts, hundred. Michael Bowling or Bowling in Santa Barbara, hundred. Uh, Simon Marciniak 
in uh, somewhere. Poland. Poland. Did you, uh, yeah, Vyko Polski has got to be in Poland. That's the name of the area. Did you check the um, – I forwarded you a message from someone who said there's some settings in PayPal that you can set, like the UTF double-biting coded blah, blah crap? Yeah. And yeah. guess how'd that work out? <laughs> I didn't do it. I'll do it later. Just a thought. Well, it's only the only one that came up is him. He's in Lurik or something. Capital Idea Radio. Capital Idea, I say, in Cincinnati, Ohio, 8334. Uh, and this is, these are repeats, dude. That one's a repeat. Cause what is going on here? I mean, we're, we're I, repeating. I'm telling you. Which means happened, we made no I, money is what, what this means. Are you trying to no fool money. me? Are you trying to make me feel good? Uh, Michael Wagner in Aston, Pennsylvania, 7777. Frank Pugh in Tallahassee, Florida, 75. There's about 10 in here that are wrong. Uh, John Hamlin in Raleigh, North Carolina, 7007. That's a nice. Uh, I like that. Looks pretty. That number, doesn't it? That's a great looking number. Lol. Lul. Huh. Uh, Tyler Fox Flagstaff seventy. Um. Six. Oh, here we go. Sixty nine. Sixty nine. Oh. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I was too busy bitching at you. Sixty nine. Sixty nine, dude. I'm busy here. I'm busy bitching at you. I got All right, Wilton Wilshire. UK, Sir, whoops, just, uh, Sir Brian Barrow, Marco Strauss, Ithaca, New York, Thomas Nussbaum uh, in Virginia Beach, Virginia. This, these are all, these are all doubles. I'm telling you, this is last week's spreadsheet, dude. Here, Dame Tanya, this is, I've seen this sheet. I don't remember the 7007, you would have said something then too. No. I don't remember a 7007. Mm. Well, okay. whatever the case is, we're going to thank these people anyway. Yeah, but thank you. They get double thanks. Yeah, this is they get double thanks. It's the only people who get gypped are us. So Scott Sands, I'm telling you, I follow these numbers and how much I put in that bank and everything else. And these are not, there's a number of dupes in here, but it doesn't amount to that much. Scott Sandstead in Orangevale, California. Richard Chow, parts unknown. Tanya Wayman, Dame Tanya, New York. This may be a rerun. Uh, Thomas, although she gives a lot, Thomas Lee's in London, uh, and that's the end of the sixty nine sixty nine, which is kind of short. The funny thing is, it, it's not a repeat of last week; it's a repeat of the week before that. That's what's crazy. That's what's driving me nuts. Is that this is this is not from Thursday? This is from a Sunday ago. Could be. It's funny. Uh, I mean, I, I'm just pointing it out. I mean, I just don't understand it. That's all. Don't understand how it works. Well, huh? Well, if anybody here, didn't get because here, no, here's Simon McNarksny from Poland. His donation is a double. I'm looking at I'm looking at four nine yeah, five you know, right there now. There may be a mistake here that is uh, that may be my doing. Now that I think about it, what did you do? Well, it's a long story. I don't want to go on. And on about it. <laughs> I'm telling. I'm look. I'm. This is very. No, no, no. This has to be legit. You you're opening up the spreadsheet for four nine five. I'm looking at five. four nine five, and they're all the same. Not all the same, no. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm no. telling you, it's got to be a PayPal thing. But let's no, just, no, no, no. I'm, I'm I'm believing it's a PayPal thing. That that's 
But that's rather concerning. No, because I, I agree that there's a bunch. Well, PayPal's pretty good at straightening these things out. Yeah, but when you're doing a the best podcast in the universe, you want to make sure you got the birthdays right. You, know, you just want to make sure. You, well, we do have the birthdays right, I believe. Okay. Well, it's, it, as long as we're not screwing but over maybe our producers. Maybe not because we have that birthday from the 10th. Did we do it then? I don't know. Well, let's, that, we'll worry about it later. I think that was let's 2000. Going. It was 2010, that birthday. <laughs> Robert Gold, John Groomling, Stephen J. Nelson, and Wheat Ridge. Uh, Kevin Ayers in Broomfield, Colorado. Also, Robert Kane in Columbiana, which does sound familiar. And he's a 73-4. Yes, I've seen this one, too. The N4IXT. I have two. Eric Schmidt in Leipzig, I believe, was a... Oh, he, he donated... <laughs> and Katie McGarnon in Roanoke. I don't remember that one. And uh, she's wishing a birthday for the mm -hmm. 13th. Some house buying karma. Oh, well, let me give her a little house buying karma. Which I think you've well, got. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Jason Fortman, and, uh, Sir Paul Vela, Sir Philip Meeson, I know is new because uh, I saw that one come in myself. And he's in uh, Powell's UK. And he said, yeah. Well, so, anyway. so Katie McKernan is on the list here. And that was, we did that on the last show. Okay. So the birthdays are not correct. This is an incorrect birthday. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I think there's something happened on the PayPal download. No, I, I mean, I told you, Sir Gitmo Slave told me that PayPal has all kinds of crap going on. And I think even Sir Oscar Nadet, well, now, hold on a second. This warrants a a moment of check here. Hmm. Let me just see if we do 495. I mean, you know, how, we, we can't, we run a business here. We can't, if we can't rely on PayPal, this is a problem. Well, this is anything that has to do with the cloud. The whole world is screwed. <laughs> the cloud. We need this to go to Bitcoin. Issue. Let's go to Bitcoin. I'm telling you. We, no, we should have our own spreadsheets. We should have our own uh, accounts and do everything through the mechanics bank. Well, how come we're not doing that then? Because, like, you talk about a lot of extra work. Oh, PayPal I'm sorry. PayPal works fine until this show. We've been doing it for five years. We have one glitch, and you're you know, outraging. No, oh, hold on, hold this on. This is like the... Pipe down, like pipe your down. wife saying, well, what are you doing kissing that woman? I'm out of here. Yeah, that would happen. But, well, but pipe down, pipe down. I'm not blaming you. I'm not angry. Oh, shit. What happened here? I'm not angry. No, something went away. I'm trying to, I'm trying to open up... Some information. I'm just trying to track down the source of our our source here. Yeah. Is, well, I'm, my concern is that we're people that did give this week and wanted to. That's my concern. Like Harper. That's my concern. Who got screwed last time? That's all I'm concerned about. It's like I, I you know, I'm okay if you know, Look at this we'll work here. everything here. Birthdays here. Simon Bennett, Sir Oscar Nadal, Katie McKernan. That's last week's birthdays. That's the last show. Hmm. So what do we have now? I don't even know. Harper. <laughs> Which was... <laughs> hold on a what second. What about the Knights? What about the new Knight? Was that last week? I, hold on. Who was the Knight last week? We Fusco had, was knighted. Uh, yeah, Fusco and Ulrich Hansen. We already uh, knighted them. This is, a bad, this is a bad spreadsheet. Everyone who donated to this show, which apparently was show 49654, just got a double call out. Right, but I'm not going to re-knight... No, you're not reuniting anybody. And, but we also have no birthdays. We have no... We have Harper. Now I'm confused. Hold on a second. Hold on. Let me check something. I, I, now I'm maybe... Oh, my God. 
This, this is a this is a train wreck. Shorten the segment, and now it's longer. <laughs> this is a train wreck of a segment. Hold on, I was just looking at something wrong here. Now I'm really confused. Uh, okay, here we go. This is four nine five. I do have some records, which I, I okay birthdays. Who do we have on the birthdays? We had no 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 no. No, I'm incorrect, John. These are new nights. Busco wasn't knighted last show. I don't think so. Some, maybe he was just talking about getting knighted. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll fix all of this. Uh, if Okay, now I got an interesting thing. I got a note, a nasty note from Ashley, our, our Ashley Organics uh, woman, the uh, Fisher. Yeah. She says, you unsubscribed me. The No Agenda oh. News wannabe secretary. I am hurt, John. You unsub- Thursday, my donation will come. Hopefully, it'll be on the spreadsheet. Thank you for the... There was the next show. Thank you for the awesome show. Have a wonderful Sunday. You unsubscribed her to... No, to what? The newsletter? Oh, she didn't get it. Ashley, check your spam box. In fact, the, one, the two places uh, that do this, the, uh, that, that new outlook.com, everything goes to spam. And apparently there are some, there's some other mailer that everything goes to spam. There was a bunch of commentary in the, in the G uh, Google Plus uh, forum, No Agenda forum, moaning and groaning that Google is sending our newsletter into spam. Oh, yeah. Gmail, yeah, correct. Yeah, Gmail, which is okay. the worst. All right, can I can I just make a recommendation? Let's have a quick meeting here, and then we'll be done with it. So first of all, we just need to figure out what uh, where something went wrong, and that's uh, you know, I, I'm PayPal is there's some iffy stuff there. Uh, may I make a recommendation? And 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 this is the only meeting we're going to have. Can I recommend that we perhaps look at hiring? someone else because I think Buzzkill Jr. is busy with other things and he's got his life going and we, we need someone who's who's going to troubleshoot this on our behalf and you know we have a little budget to do that I think we should just consider it I mean I like keeping things in the family but you know you can't fire your son you know this kind of sucks oh yeah I can <laughs> in fact that's what you're asking me to do right now no I'm asking you to let him go on hiatus yeah, you tell me to fire him. You say I can't fire my son, but you're denying that I can't. That I can by just telling me to do it doesn't make any sense. The point is, is that if this is a PayPal thing, I don't know what he's going to do about it. But he's done a better job, I think, than anyone so far. And if you want, you want to turn it over to a third party to do, I, I'll, I'll spend whatever it takes. But I think it's a nightmare. I'm only this that as we know, I produce. I do the MP3s. I deal with all the crap when the show doesn't work, etc. And by the way, when something doesn't work, here's the message I get from you: Show doesn't work. Fix it. I <laughs> do. That's bull crap. That's how. That's that's how the that email. That's how the email comes know. across. It's that's bull how the crap. That's how the emails come across. I don't care. It's bull crap. <laughs> I usually and besides that, I never say anything. I just forward somebody bitching to me. Okay, and so you've never ever in all caps like oh, yeah, two years ago, oh. three years ago. Oh, and how come you you stopped you stopped doing that? You don't do that anymore. You're just nice now. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I, first of all, I don't take I don't take. You just said and and forward it to me. I don't want. I'm. I like the fact that you're straightforward. This is what I like about you. You don't you don't say, hey man, I'm thinking like, well, you know. You say, hey, it sucks. Get the thing working again. And you know, and I and it's taken me several years to understand, but now I accept it. Well, that's why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> because you can't rile me anymore. Because there's no, <laughs> you don't you don't get the desired effect of me getting all angry and upset. That's why you stopped doing it. Probably. Okay. 
Well, anyway, I like the direct communication. So I'm saying, you know, this on your, I don't care what you do, but we've had some PayPal, some spreadsheet issues in the past past couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We had a lot. We had uh, Mr. Harper. It matters. But this thing here doesn't look like anything that anyone could figure out. <laughs> this is just too weird. It's got oh. ooh and uh. <laughs> it, it's. This has been happening for a while. These doubles and it's been happening for a while. Stuff is going on, and I and I and I think it's a cut and paste spreadsheet issue. No, I tell you why that's not the case. It can't possibly be because I know how exactly how I download these things. And let me explain. I download. <laughs> I know. I download from date specific to date specific, and then I never use that same date, even if I miss a few hours. How come you're doing this work? How come Buzzkill? Are you doing the download because it's our bank account, (laughs) and I'm not giving out all the passwords to everybody in the world and letting it go floating around. He could download, but he doesn't. He won't be. I am specifically downloading a. Very specific rate. John, and then I John. give it to him, and he does all the rest of it. All right, so we're... there's no way all right. that you can have duplication like this. I'm just trying to help based you. on the thing unless it's in the PayPal de- documents. Can we just agree on one thing? You do nothing wrong. You're awesome. It's never your fault. Let's just agree on that. Okay. Let me write that down. <laughs> we'll use that as a premise. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Simon Bennett congratulates himself. Uh, he uh, celebrated on the 11th. Sir Oscar Nadal uh, celebrated on the 10th. I can't believe that we didn't congratulate them on the previous show, but there you go. And Katie McKernan says happy birthday to her husband, her lovely hubby, who turned 45 again on the 13th. And, of course, we already said hi to Little Harper, the new human resource who turned five on Tuesday. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. And, uh... <laughs> okay... So, uh, who were we knighting uh, that... Hold on a second here. We were knighting who was going to be the sommelier, but he he wasn't a knight yet, right? Uh, Yeah, I don't remember a sommelier knight. No, but I think he wanted to be a sommelier. Yeah, I know. That's what he says. Okay. Um, But we're not there yet, are we? Yeah, he's a knight. He's a knight? And who is that? Oh, you got to open one thing after another. Uh, where's our foie gras guy? I just want to make sure I do it right. I don't want to mess yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking. I have Mark Fusco. Mark Fusco. He wants to be the, the sommelier. Oh, yeah, Fusco wants to be the Fusco. sommelier. Okay, all right, Fusco. All right, all right, let me see if I can get this going then. Uh, I just need your sword. Did you bring that? Yes, you've got that one. I've got mine. Okay. Mark Fusco, Warwick Hansen, step forward, gentlemen. Both of you have supported the No Agenda podcast in the amount of $1,000 or more. We highly appreciate that support. It's exactly what we need, and we need more knights to protect the nation and the fair damsels. And, of course, we need some dames to protect the stupid knights who are always dumb. So hereby, I pronounce thee, Sir Mark Fusco, Fusco, our sommelier knight, and Uruk Hansen, I think knight of the brown cheese, Gentlemen, please join our roundtable for all of your goodies. Hookers and blow, Rampois Chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, uh, foie gras and sauternes, geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, mutton and meat, and for the younger knights, breast milk and pablum. 
And thank you very much. And as you promised, uh, John, did you put uh, the new uh, levels uh, on the donation page? I said by Thursday. Oh, That's okay. what, exactly what I said, if you oh. remember. No, I'm just, I just asked. Yeah. I just asked. Thursday we'll have it for anyone who wants it. Ah. <laughs> uh. For anyone who wants it, there's tons of knights out there who want to go to the next level. I, but, but I don't know what the next level is. Well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have you thought of it? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Mm. I'm just, I'm really irked about this. Uh, Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hey, this, if someone's complaining about the sword sounds, just make sure that that was a valid knighting. There most definitely multiple sword hits. Yeah, there was a valid double hit there. Yeah, well, that it, it might have drowned a little bit in the processing, so I want to make sure that it was out there. Hey, John, no. my goodness, my goodness. Um, has the President of the United States, is it possible that he has gone uh, insane? Bonkers? <laughs> totally bonkers? Is this? Well, is, I mean, it's, it makes logical sense because you have to assume somebody, you know, it comes essentially was a... a Streetwalker. <laughs> what? The oh, president? Community organizer. <laughs> Streetwalker. Well, you walk around wow. on the street a lot. So Isn't that what that means? Yeah. So so I, I watch his little show, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is a whole... And I, I got an email from him, and there's all this stuff. It's like... Oh, the, you got an email from yeah, him. Yeah, there's a whole campaign. They want to invite you to the White House. Yeah, no, I wish. Now, listen. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. That's how he always starts with this little hi, everybody. And he's 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 not at, not at home. He's not at home. Uh, which I find crazy because he stopped the tours, you know, it's, it's nice and quiet, but he likes to be out on the road, and he's hailing everybody from uh, Chicago. As a nation, our top priority is growing our economy and creating good middle-class jobs. This is, our <laughs> is this our priority as a nation? What do you think our priority as a nation should be? Is it, I mean, it might be right, growing our economy and creating good middle-class jobs for the slaves? Is that, our, is that our top priority? I thought the priority was... A, a uphold the constitution well that's his priority but now he's telling us what our priority is our priorities is the is to bang the american dream yeah bang actresses i got a ton of priorities but you know creating a ton of middle class jobs is not my priority but okay that's why this week i'm speaking to you from the argonne national laboratory in illinois oh have you looked this thing up you ever I'm heard very of the familiar with argonne the it's laboratory a, yeah they have a, a like sandia they have a billion dollar budget. It's a it's a government funded thing. Yeah, it's one of the places I believe works on fusion. Well, no, they work on battery cars apparently. Because few areas hold as much promise as what they're focused on right here. Harnessing American energy. Harnessing American energy. <laughs> yeah, fusion fusion research uh, search as no, far as I knew. Batteries. I could be wrong. You see, batteries. after years of talking about it, we're finally poised to take control of our energy future. We produce more oil than we have in 15 years. We import less oil than we have in 20 years. We've doubled the amount of renewable energy we generate from sources like wind and solar, with tens of thousands of good jobs to show for it. Ooh, wow. So what happened? He's not mentioning all the companies that went bankrupt, that got all that bailout money, or I'm sorry, the stimulus money. We're producing more natural gas than ever before, with hundreds of thousands of good jobs to show for it. We've supported the first new nuclear power plant since the 1970s, and we're sending less carbon pollution into the environment than we have in nearly 20 years. It's because we're broke and we can't afford the gas, dude. 
So here, here's, here's where it comes. This is, I found this to be very peculiar, what he's about to say here. But we're making real progress. But over the past few weeks, we've got a reminder that we have more work to do. We went through another spike in gas prices, just like last year and the year before that. It happens every year. What is that about? That I thought that's a that to me is like my my head just spun around. Spikes in gas happen every year. Why? Why? That what? No, you're right. This is not. This is a new meme. I mean, he's like it happens every year. So you're stupid slaves. It doesn't happen every year. I mean, it does happen. I mean, there's seasonal gas fluctuations, generally speaking. But spike in gas happen every, every year. year. Every yeah. year. And we should. And we're stupid. We're stupid if we if we stick with this program. That's what he's saying. It's a serious blow to your budget. <laughs> By getting hit with a new tax coming right out of your pocket. So, well, what? Over the past four years, as part of our all-of-the-above energy strategy, we've taken steps to soften that blow by making sure our cars use less gas. Okay. Now, now you've done some study on this. Uh, what are the actual... Uh, so, there's... What is the actual mile per gallon that... Uh, that these great vehicles are getting that we can't afford, by the way? Uh, well, it looks like uh, whatever the EPA number is, you deduct from ten, 5 to 10 miles per gallon to get the real number. So like the best cars, I, I've driven a couple of uh, Fords long distances to uh, that have supposedly 47 miles a gallon. They get 37 under. But the thing is, if they're hybrids, they get 37 no matter what you do. You go up a hill, it gets 37. You go down a hill, it gets 37. You go into the city, it gets 37. You drive on the highway at 60 miles an hour for 10 hours, it gets 37, which is good. That's ridiculously good gas mileage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, how much more? How much more? It's bogus. They've created a false. I haven't been able to figure out what's going on, but because I haven't driven enough of these cars, but. These numbers are the EPA numbers that are, are calculated some way, which are used by the manufacturers, are completely bogus, and the manufacturers know it. Well, but it's even worse. He, he's he's kind. Of, they're also expensive. Now, you're paying a lot of extra money for the hybrid nature of these cars. Well, just listen to a few more seconds, and I want to go to his little speech there at the Argonne Labs. We put in place the toughest fuel economy standards in our history. So that by the middle of the next decade, our cars will go twice as far on a gallon of gas. But the gas will be twice as expensive, so you'll be in the same hole. And we've got the spike every year. Over the life of a new car, the average family will save more than $8,000 at the pump. No. But the- no? No, because what you said is exactly right. Yeah. The only way we're going to break the cycle of spiking gas prices for good is to shift our cars and trucks off of oil for good. They're going to run on water! That's why in my State of the Union address, I called on Congress to set up an energy security trust. So here's what's happening. So I got this email about the energy security trust. And this is clearly, you know, whatever they've decided, I guess they have to sidetrack the president right now. Everyone's in place. We got Brennan running the drones. We got Hagel doing whatever they tell him to do, remove the crap from Russia, put it over here, put some... But, you know, North Korea scary. So they got to put this guy on his legacy tour. That's what this is about. And his legacy is going to be this energy security trust. And I looked at the numbers, and it's it's the biggest pile of horse crap I've ever seen. Over 10-year period, they want to tax energy companies uh, by giving by taking away the breaks they get, which is 
a lie because it is a, a, a rule, anything produced in America, such as American oil and gas, but also movies and software, uh, you get a special uh, U.S. production credit. That's the credit they're talking about. We've deconstructed it many times on this show. Um, they want to take some of that c- credit from the oil and gas company specifically, not from the software, the movie business, and put that into the trust, and they want to build the trust up over 10 years to $2 billion. I'm like, are you, why are you wasting my time or anyone's time? $2 billion? That's nothing. That's $200 million a year. That's a rounding error. It's terrible. This is, who gives a crap? This is only grandstanding for the president's legacy. And then, and he's Not so. much of a legacy. But he's so frustrated. Listen to what happens when he's at this argument and he's rolling out the same lines as his little Heil Everybody speech. And then he tells everyone they have to clap for him. We've set some achievable but ambitious goals. So, in the middle of the next decade, we expect that you'll fill up half as often, which means you spend half as much. And over the life of a new car, the average family will save more than $8,000 at the pump. Crickets. Uh, That's worth applauding. Hey, clap for me. That's big news. Clap for me. That's big news. Clap for me. Wow, he must have had somebody out there that that encouraged. You know, it's very easy to do. You put about three shills in the audience and they they start clapping like crazy and everyone claps. They got the script. In so one like, hand. Apparently, they're getting lazy. I mean, the, listen, he's waiting for the applause, crickets, and then he and then someone starts, but he's like, hey, 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 what happened to my cue? That's big news. Hold on. Because it says in the teleprompter, wait for, hold for applause. We've set some achievable but ambitious goals. So, in the middle of the next decade, we expect that you'll fill up half as often, which means you spend half as much. What? And over the life of a new car, the average family will save more than $8,000 at the pump. Cricket, cricket, cricket. Uh, that's worth applauding. Hey, hey, clap for me. That's big news. <laughs> clap for me. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Clap for me. Clap for me. That's ridiculous. And th- but this is, so, so this guy, so he's out, he's doing the legacy tour. I think he's just been sidelined completely. They filled up all the slots they need. They got the new, we haven't even talked about the Treasury Secretary. You know, we've got the SEC shill in. It's all lawyers. It's all revolving door. It's it's completely wall to wall with with shadow puppet theater. They put him out on the sideline, but it's so. But they won't let him eat. They're starving him now. This is uh, Representative Susan Collins, and the president came to have lunch. You know, uh, he was he's doing his. Uh, uh, hands Across America tour or whatever. He's tr- yeah, have lunch with a Republican. Have lunch with a Republican day. Uh, uh, but apparently uh, he didn't have his food taster with him. Salad. I pointed that out to the president in keeping with the First Lady's initiatives. And uh, Fox Family Potato Chips made in Arista County, where I'm from, and wild blueberry pie full of antioxidants. See, this was a healthy lunch as well. We did have a little ice cream on the pie, too, also made in Maine, Gifford's ice cream. So, in all seriousness, this was well received. Unfortunately, you know, the president can't. Um, he didn't get to eat anything? No, but he looked longingly at it. He honestly did look longingly at it. But apparently, he has to have, you know, essentially a taster. And I pointed out to him that we were all tasters for him. Did you know that? I mean, I've, it's been rumored, but, I, but this is kind of proof. I didn't know, but 
He has a taster, and the, if the taster's not there, he can't accept any food. Uh, a friend of mine who's a chef in San Francisco uh, got to cook at the White House. And he says it's a, he says it's really horrible because you when you go out to shop for the vegetables you have to have two or three secret service guys with you, <laughs> and then they take and they buy you know and they check everything that you buy and then they double check it and then they're watching the way you cook and they're just on your case and they're and they're food tasting the stuff you bought and all that kind of thing. It's apparently a nightmare. Do you think that um, when he was smoking that uh, someone would have to take a few drags first and see if he got high <laughs> or something? I mean, that's, yeah, that's good. Here, right? Pass it over. Pass it over. Okay, <laughs> you can have some. So me, so meanwhile, we have Bill Gates being interviewed for... Um, you know, Bill, did you know that Bill Gates is saving the world one black child at a time? <laughs> one black child at a time? One black child at a time. It's going to take him a while. You know, Bill Gates is going to wake up one day... And that wife that he married, he, she's going to be shriveled up. She's going to be a she's going to be a growler, and he's going to go, wow, wow, man, I did all this dumb stuff for this. <laughs> it's going to happen. You watch. I mean, it's, it's nerd. I understand him. He's nerdy, you know. But you know, hey, she'll get old and ugly, Bill, and then you're going to you're going to regret all this. He's so. He's, well, wait a minute. What, what would you What would you rather have him do? Fix Windows 8. I don't know. Do something. <laughs> he's great when he's when he's in the company and he's doing things. But, you know, so do you know what? Just take $2 billion, give it to the president, tell him to go play golf so he has his energy security initiative. Now, Bill wishes he were a dictator. Well, Bradley, how do you feel President Obama is doing? Uh, some days I wish we had a system like the U.K. where, you know, the party in power could do a lot. And then, you know, you'd see how it went, and then fine, you can unelect them. Now, over time, our system has worked slightly better than theirs. Slightly. slightly. Okay, but uh, so it's ironic that right now it feels like I wish there was slightly more power in the presidency to what? avoid some of these deadlocks. Um, uh, so, you know, I think... Uh, you know, his, his, what he wants to do and what he's actually able to do, the gap is so big there uh, that it, it's hard, hard to know in some ways. Yeah, Bill, he clearly didn't study politics in high school. No, obviously, he doesn't even know how the system works. I mean, and, and he wished it's the president had more power. that po specific reason. Yes. In fact, all these executive <laughs> orders and these other bypasses that Obama and others have tried to pull are all illegal. And there's just not the way the system's supposed to work. What does he want to do that's so important that Bill says he should be a dictator? Well, I have a couple of ideas. Um, okay. uh, it's all about corporatism. It's all, and you know, and he's big uh, in the corporate space, and he's over there buying stuff now in Egypt, and they're all on the big gravy money train, and he knows how it works. But, but Melissa's running. Isn't it Melinda? Melissa? What's her name? I don't know. Growler. We're just going to call her Growler Gates. In Australia, people are rolling their eyes at that term. Um, let me read you two entries from the Federal Register. As bad Chad always does, he's checking the Federal Register, but he throws it into our little uh, system there, our Cardillary River system thingy. <laughs> Thanks for the sound effect. Uh, let's see. Um, a hundred million dollar loan from the export import long, I'm sorry, a long term loan or financial guarantee. And this would be to, hmm, uh, 
Oh, man, I'm sorry. I just I just completely... Oh, here it is. Boeing. Uh, for the 777 aircraft, a $100 million loan from the U.S. government uh, in order to... Uh, to be used for long-haul passenger service, these jets to be put into service for Indonesia, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Uh, and these will be exported. So that's uh, the Boeing Corporation getting $100 million. Also in the Federal Register, General Electric receiving a $100 million loan from the U.S. government, which is pretty much interest-free. It's, it's not even a, lo- it's a long-term financial guarantee. It's, you know, so they don't, it's just no, they'll never have to pay anything back. And that's to support the export of General Electric turbines to the United Arab Emirates. I mean, this is, I, I find this disturbing. What? Yeah. So GE, which is doing quite fine as a company, basically just got $100 million to uh, help build turbines for export to uh, the uh, the Arab Emirates. Okay. That's nuts. You don't need to be doing this. We got slaves at home starving, eating mac and cheese. Well, this is the way they do things. I don't like it. Well, apparently John McCain does. <laughs> well, he has twenty houses. He doesn't give a crap about us. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I want to lead into some of your stuff, uh, and I want to congratulate you. The first time I ever heard the term "national security letter" was on the show. It came out of your pie hole. And uh, this is now a big deal as uh, a federal judge apparently has overturned the use of the national security letter. Uh, in this case, it was um, used, I, I guess it was used for um, for FOIA requests. Um, and the way it's traditionally been used, the national security letter, is to go snoop on someone. The FBI says, hey, we're going to go look in like, okay, here, here's an example. Google, we want to look at uh, John C. Dvorak's email uh, and mess with his PayPal spreadsheets. So we're going to do that, and we're issuing this uh, national security letter so you can't tell anyone we're doing it. Of or it's co- a felony, and you'll be imprisoned. Imprisoned, correct. And uh, But it can also be issued in other ways, I believe, like, hey, George Clooney, you're now a spy working for us. Here's your national security letter. If you ever say anything, you're going to prison. Right? Could be. Or, hey, all you people in Benghazi who were victims, um, you were issued... You're, uh, remember there was like 30 other people? Yeah, they all disappeared. Well, they didn't. I've had contact with some of the survivors. This is Lindsey Graham. Their story is chilling. They feel afraid to tell it. It's important they uh, come forward to tell their story. The best evidence of what happened in Benghazi is not a bunch of politicians in Washington trying to cover their political ass. It's the people who lived through the debacle. This, is, this was what you said at the time, John. You said, I bet these people who were taken off to Germany, who we've never seen or heard from, all received national security letters. And they were told to shut up about what really happened. Well, that's what it appears to be. There's no other real reason for it. Why would somebody say, oh, it was so chilling and miserable? I mean, even though you lived through it, uh, I, can't, I don't want to talk about it. That, that's, that's not it. Well, they, I think they're just reaching out to Senator Graham, who went to see them, went to find him. And they're saying, oh, man, this is, you know, some of them are still injured. 
Some of them are still actually, I mean, listen. And I'm going to do everything I can to get them before the Congress and the American people in an appropriate fashion so that we can learn firsthand what happened in Benghazi. And I think the appropriate... Oh, oh, he, he's aware of the national oh, security. Yeah. Yes, that's my point. That's and so, why he says he's going to do everything he can to get pro- them before Congress, which means he's going to have to fight the letter, mm-hmm. which which he's not going to be able to do. Well, that's- so we just had this... this uh, uh, this judge come out and say national security letters are unconstitutional because it hampers uh, you know your your right to freedom of speech. Yeah, because you you can't say it's like Fight Club. They call it the Fight Club letter. The one thing you can't do is you can't say you ever got one. Right. You can't say what they tell you you can't say, and then it says that you can't even talk to a lawyer. You can't even tell a lawyer that you right. got a national security letter, or you're in breach of some law, some administrative law, which will put you in prison. So do you think that this... It's amazing uh, to me this shit's going on. Well, do you, and apparently this started in the 80s. This this yeah. this started uh, way... came up with a bright idea, and then they started abusing it as usual. So do you think that this judge overturning the, the national security letters won't hold for other NSLs? Do you think it's just a brief blip on the radar? Or? It's a blip. That's sad, man. That's all we have to do is listen to some of these clips I have from Thomas. All right, Drake, let's roll it. Yeah, let's, I'm, I'm ready for this. NSA whistleblower uh, who gave a long talk, a long depressing talk. Let me guess. Of, let me guess. Was this on C-SPAN? Yes. Hold on. What we do, so you don't have to. C-SPAN. So we can all be depressed together. <laughs> and this is Thomas Drake speaking in front of the National Press Club where he's just pretty much laying out all the problems. And he don't remember, he's an NSA executive. He's the one who blew the whistle on the illegal wiretapping uh, that was going on. And here's the, after he's done with his speech, these are the questions and answers. And this is the first question, which is on being a whistleblower. After your experience, would you advise someone else in your position to blow the whistle on government wrongdoing? Yes, but make sure you understand what you're getting yourself into. Do not speak to the FBI and make sure you have a lawyer right from the start. If my case is any example, they'll do everything they can to take anything you say and anything they find and use it to justify charges that in my case were actually framed. See, I told the truth to the FBI agents. They didn't believe me. In fact, four of the ten felony counts were for making false statements. One of them was for obstructing justice. You know why? Because the chief prosecutor said that unless I cooperated with the investigation, they were going to pursue prosecution. So the answer is yes. We actually need more. Having spoken to Daniel Ellsberg, he actually thought in the early 70s, with all the publicity that surrounded the Pentagon Papers, that more people would actually step forward. And other than some close colleagues and associates, guess what? Hardly anybody else stepped forward regarding the travesty of Vietnam. Wow. So, the, so, so essentially he had all this documentation for the illegal wiretapping. He presents it to the FBI. They say, you're full of crap. This is not happening. Now we're going to charge you with giving false information. <laughs> yeah. That's they predefined it as false. Now, uh, what, beautiful. What, what regime was this? Was this uh, the Bush 2? Bush 2, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, the, to, so anyway, he, he does a lot of other things. This is an interesting one. This clip here is kind of interesting. This is Drake is talking to a, rep, to a reporter is illegal. This was an interesting question. 
You mentioned that former colleagues said to you that they believe talking to reporters is a crime. Do you believe that that attitude is pervasive among government employees? And maybe you could address it inside and outside of the intelligence community. It is true that in the intelligence community, of which I was a part for many, many years, both as a government employee and as a contractor, and even in the military, that you are, you do sign secrecy agreements. And these vary based on the agency. The secrecy agreement that I signed was to, per, was to, per, to protect the agreement, what they call protected information, which by definition was classified, truly classified, or under classification review. It was actually carefully articulated in terms of executive statutes and rules. In this particular case, when you're referencing, I just want to be very careful here in my wording, okay? Because you're referencing former colleagues. There was this misunderstanding that if you happen to speak to a reporter, that by definition, anything that you might say to them could be characterized as classified. Because you, unless it was authorized, then you were in an unauthorized status and therefore you were liable under administrative rules. Like I said, there are distinctions between agencies, although increasingly they're centralizing this through the DNI. You may have heard very recently that um, James Clapper, the Director of National Intelligence, is now ha directing adding a question, questions, to the polygraph, pol polygraph mechanism in which individuals are either they're going to be uh, obtaining a clearance or retaining an existing clearance will be asked about unauthorized contact with the press. And so, yes, I had individuals that I used to work with who assumed that it was criminal under the U.S. law to have any contact whatsoever with a reporter. In fact, I was even asked that question by Scott Pelley on 60 Minutes a couple of years ago. Shut up, slave! So now we can understand a little better why CNN and these other news outlets they can't have really no news. <laughs> why they have no news? They got no news. But then it gets even worse when you play this clip, which is wiretapping journalists' question. Okie dokie. Variation to this question as well: Is the government spying on reporters right now? Oh well, we don't need to listen to the whole clip. Yes, it's going to take three minutes to answer. <laughs> I think the, the, the question is wrong. Are reporters CIA is the question. Wow. I hear you laughing. See, here's the dark side. Because there's a whole lot I have still have not shared fully publicly, okay? Although I've shared this with 9-11 congressional investigators, and I've shared it with others in Congress when I was still in the government as a senior executive. I've made allusions to it in other public fora. I've written about it. I remember what happened you know, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, right? Where instruments of national power were used against reporters. Instruments of national power were used against activists or protesters. Those that became, quote unquote, designated as enemies of the state. Remember, at one point, Daniel Ellsberg himself was declared to be the most dangerous man in America. Hold on. Uh, I'm, I just got to interrupt this. So when you're an enemy of the state, that's when those CSS guys come in, John. If, if you got to go back and watch the movie with Hackman. That's what I was advised. 
When you're enemy of the state, that's when the CSS comes out, and that's when you're screwed. That's when you get double tapped, and this is crazy. This is great stuff, by the way. Uh, before you go on, you did mention the reporter. If you listen to this, and I believe this is probably true, I think the number of reporters that are compromised as, as agents nowadays is probably minimal. I think there's a few leftovers from the olden days, and you can find them, for example. He talks about a book that's out there. If you go to – it's called oh, – I get the name in front of you. He's going to mention it. It's a, it's a book that came out with the governments all over. The, this. It's called like The Secrets of the CIA or The Untold Story or the, the We're at War. I can't remember. I'll get the name of it. But they, this guy's How to Get attacked. Rich? Is that maybe it? How to Get Rich Quick? Is that yeah. it? He's uh, – I don't think – I think there's, there's a few agents out there that are doing some writing. But I think for the most part, this explains why they don't need these guys anymore because they just wiretap everybody. And as he explains, the wiretapping is not really just – it's not for the journalists. The, they don't give a shit what the journalists are doing. They want to know who they're talking to. But you can finish this clip. Okay. I became an enemy of the state. I will tell you without equivocation that the surveillance system that was the illegal surveillance system that was put into place after 9-11 and grew from there and came to a huge head in 2004 when James Comey, remember that incident? And if you follow what's going on right now with this documentary and Dick Cheney, very interesting what Cheney is now saying unapologetically and also what really was going on because he kept the truth apparently from his own president regarding very senior officials and very senior lawyers who are about to resign over the secret domestic surveillance program. Why? Because it was illegal. I will simply tell you that an aspect of that secret surveillance program called Stellar Wind at the time, I believe it's gone through some name changes since. And Stellar Wind, we talked about the, the tech in, uh, in San Francisco, right, who, who, who found out about the secret room at the AT&T building? Yeah. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Right. Fantastic. Included surveilling reporters and journalists. Remember, if you're wired, if you wired the electronic system, it makes it very, very difficult, unless you engage in other means, to get information to a, to a reporter or a journalist. And obviously, if you're concerned about disclosures that they call leaks that are unauthorized, wow. You just keep tap on any and all connections that are made to certain reporters and journalists. And that net just widens. And so I know for a fact that that actually took place in secret. This is no different, but on a much larger scale, than what happened during the 60s and 70s, where they were wiretapping reporters and journalists to ensure to find out who their sources were. If you know who the sources are, guess what? I don't really have to go after the journalist directly. I'll just go after the source. So here's really where it gets extremely troubling for me and most disturbing. As a result of my own case, many men, I had contact, and this is one, another paradox of what happened to me. I went from having gone to one reporter to having interactions with any number of reporters on and off the record. Any number of them have told me privately, and it's chilling. Chilling. That even long time deep sources in government are increasingly reluctant to speak even off the record, even on deep background. Guess why? They're afraid. Well, hold on a second. Because that 
So I think that people with the real information are afraid to do it, but there's this culture is being created, and all the journalists who are just prostitute whores, you know, they're all falling for it. Every single report I hear is sources say, information. So it's all controlled leaking that they want, and that's why we come up with yeah, this bullcrap. Yeah, there's no such thing, if as, you listen to him, as a real there's no leak. such thing as a genuine leak. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But we hear nothing but sources, my sources, information, high, yeah. high, high officials. It's, it's, to, it's to give us the language. Yes, of, of the leak, but it's not. It's a it's a it's a language thing. So you say yeah. these things, so the public laps it up as yeah. though there is actually something going on. When Deep there's throat. nothing, it's all scripted. Yeah, you can play part two of this. You know what it means to become afraid of your own government? <laughs> yes, that's why we created this show, everybody. Hey, here we are. <laughs> because of just the possibility that they may get ticked off if you happen to have contact with a reporter. Wow. I never imagined that that would truly happen on such a large scale in this country. And yet some of the best, very best reporters in this country, investigative reporters, are experiencing precisely that. They're being frozen out from their own sources because of fears of the sources have of their own government. Ryzen himself is part Ryzen. of a criminal case with Jeffrey Sterling because of things that were shared in his book called State of War. Ah, that's he's it. caught up, subpoenaed three times. And the allegations are he's the only, only eyewitness to the crime. Crime? Oh, wow. State of war. State okay. of war is, is, is this uh, CIA. Uh, it wasn't cleared by the CIA. It's a book about the CIA. And we've talked about the clearance for these books before. <clears throat> yeah. So this guy's been uh, declared an enemy of the state, this rising guy. Now, here's what I always like to do, and I think people should have to do this themselves. You go to the Amazon site and you find the reviews of the book. And then what you want to find are like quasi-professionally written slams. Oh, did you find one? I'm looking at the Amazon one, site. There's a right bunch now. of them and they're really good. Oh, they're this long. This guy's too. a phony. This is bull crap. And it's like it's you go to the one-star reviews and read those <laughs> and then you track these people and and you can reverse engineer them. You'll find these same exact people are doing the same thing on other. They're actually they're really high level stooges. Oh, and it's always this is fun great. to kind of find them and see what else they're up to. Because what they do is they end up giving away stuff that you should be paying attention to. So what did you but, find? What did you find? I'm looking I, at them right a, now. There's, there's other books that if you click on their other reviews, you find other stuff that's been that's out there in the in the wild that you might want to read. Interesting. Oh, this is that. What a great tip, John. It's a great reverse engineering, my friend. Well, that's really because I'm looking here. I'm like, <laughs> this is good. Uh, I had to give this book one star since O stars isn't an option. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Ryzen is obviously making a case against the current administration and just simply doesn't agree with anything. Does, it, do they, does any of these do any of these stooges say he's a racist and hates a black man in the White House? Is that in there? See that, no. that's possible. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. No, I mean, you know what's great about it, and this is where he's he's wrong, and he's he's in an he's living in an old world, is that you don't have to be a reporter with sources on the inside. Because everything, they're so brazen and blatant about it. They put it on C-SPAN. They put it in the Federal Register. It's all on the Internet. All you got to do is sit in your little studio in your little shack in your underwear, some on your chaise lounge and others, others you know, in uh, 
Well, this is right. And, this and you is just always- collect it. It's easy. It's easy to see what you're doing. We can't get it like breaking news, but we can take our time and collect no. stuff and look left and right. And you can put it together. It's not that hard. It's all in the pu- – that's the joke of it. It's all in the public record. Yeah. Or it's all in, like, listening to this guy tell us some stuff that we didn't know. Yeah. And uh, it's – I mean, it is out there. It's just that you can't get it that 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 kind of journalism school way. I mean, all you're going to get is press releases, and that's all they're feeding <laughs> the public is press releases. And there's so much of that that, you know, even our show or anything like it or these other, other people that try to at least discuss some of these things – we're like just a small, you know, eh, whatever those guys screw them because we, oh, we're we don't unimportant. Have any, we're unimportant. We have, you know what they do is like got any, we haven't got any uh, smoking gun or we can't prove anything. Nah. We just we're just reading from the public record it and, does, and, and it, then analyze. Uh, John, even if we had a smoking gun, we have no way to get into the, the the meme of the mainstream, and it's also not important anymore because the people who listen and pro- listen to and produce this program, your survivors. You know, everyone, you know, other people, they're screwed. They're going to die. You know, the people have to fall, have to get yeah, voted off the island. have to have drinks with them once in a while. <laughs> they get voted it's off. The they're other just... side. Oh, it's uh, grow up. It's fine to drone people. <laughs> get a clue. It's the 21st century. What's so what if the president wants to kill someone? What's your problem? I swear to God, people say that. It's no, amazing. wait a minute. You, you, people, your friends of yours, and you're complaining about my, my Austin friends who don't want to build roads? I mean, come on! I'd rather take. I'm not taking their side like you are with the. <laughs> That's a big difference. More roads, me. More bikes. It's just we got two more clips. Just get their short ones. This I just want to play him on classified information and then the secrecy laws. Yeah, this is, this is a very good series. I'm glad you did that, John. Thank you. Under what circumstances do you think that classified information should be leaked? That's a loaded, that's a loaded question. question. Oh, my God. Did you hear what I said? Yes. I literally said that's a loaded question when he said it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm next. <laughs> Classified is... See, what's happening now is the government is increasingly wants to classify as much as possible. Because what that allows them to do is create a larger ambit in which they can charge you for having either retained, disclosed, or leaked classified information. But to answer it directly, if it involves war crimes, if it involves wrongdoing, if it involves violations of statute, then yes. There's very little in government that actually truly ever needs to be classified and always needs to be placed under constant review. I want to share a story with you. Just to, to know, how, you know how crazy this is, we were at um, Mead Road, I guess it was, maybe it was during the Hot Pockets tour. Mead Road is where Uncle Don lives. And I, I can't remember what the occasion was. Anyway, um, so, you know, Don is married into the family. So, you know, there there were some cousins from his side. And, there, I mean, surprise, surprise. <laughs> spooks and all kinds of military stuff and one of the girls is uh she's 15 or 16 and she is she was at that point planning to go to new york and uh school and to live with my other cousin uh, my other cousin's daughter caitlin so it's you know two girls living in new york and you know the one's going to do right for vanity fair or whatever they're all trying to get jobs and living living the american dream mac and cheese total mac and cheese 
And uh, but her father is I forget, but he's I, he's definitely uh, high up Air Force. Uh, his name will come to uh, it'll come to me in a, in a moment. And uh, and so she's sixteen, right? And we're sitting at the table, and we're about to have a meal, and you know, and I'm just making conversation, and I'm like, hey, you know, so tell me, you know, uh, what was it like, you know, living? Uh, they live abroad somewhere. Um, in Asia, I think. I don't even remember all this. But what stuck out, what I do remember, is she looked at me, 15, 16 years old, looked at me and says, I'm sorry, I don't think you have high enough clearance if you have any clearance for me to talk to you about these things. Oh, jeez. 16-year-old girl. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and first thing I was like, holy crap, I'm the only guy here who has no clearance. I got to get me some clearance. But that, it's, you know, so here's a 16-year-old who's been so programmed by, you know, of course, her life, that she turned, that she can say, I'm sorry, I, I don't believe you have high enough clearance, if any. <laughs> well, you called me out. Yeah, loser. <laughs> Why'd she say that? She put the L on her forehead like, loser. loser. <laughs> you fucking loser. Ain't got no clearance. <laughs> have some mac and cheese. Well, play Drake on secrecy and we'll be done with him. The secrecy system, and I'm going to be very, very clear here, is not to be used to cover government illegality, wrongdoing, hiding, administrative inefficiency, ineffectiveness, or, or in fact, the government, where the government's actually threatening public safety and, 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 and uh, health and safety. Fraud, waste, and abuse. In my experience... The secrecy system has become so corrupted that it's now being used routinely to do precisely that, under the color and cover of law. And when the color and cover of law is no longer sufficient, then we'll just make up the rules. It's one reason the defense experts in my own criminal case were so outraged by the government prosecution. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm, I've just ordered the book on my Kindle. Good job, John. Good job. There's nothing in there that really stands out immediately as clip of the day. No, there's no clip of the day in there. The but, clip of the day is probably CPAC on rape. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I think Don't Draw Me Bro did better than that. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, man, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, just so the people uh, we have an international audience, and uh, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to reach out across the ocean, hands across the ocean. Uh, and I'd like to play a little bit of uh, the United Kingdom of Gitmo Nation East's government. Um, you know, we always talk about gun laws here and everything. Yeah, so uh, this is some pre-crime. Oh, let me just give me some pre-crime. Where's my pre-crime? Here's my pre-crime. Before it's a crime, it's pre-crime. I'm yeah. sure that the Prime Minister will wish to add his condolences to the family and friends of Christina Edkins who was murdered on a bus to school in my constituency last Thursday morning. The government has rightly introduced minimum custodial sentences for people convicted of threatening someone with a knife. But would the Prime Minister agree with me that it is time to introduce a legal assumption that people carrying a knife intend to use it and should attract a prison sentence so that we can redouble our efforts to rid our communities of the scourge of knives. Yeah. The scourge of knives. So if you have a knife with you, it will automatically be assumed you are trying to kill someone. Kill someone. <laughs> Why else would you have a knife, my friend? <laughs> For protection? 
Well, that is just insane. Carry a gun for protection. <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. I just want to take away any weaponry you can possibly imagine. Yeah, unarm, disarm the shittisonry. That's yeah, what it's all about. Disarm them and then you know, and then take run away and then take, take their, their money. Take their money from the bank. Right, take their money, <laughs> take their arms. Hold on a second. <laughs> Bitcoin the all the way. Covered on this show. Yeah, that's right. Take their privacy, take their money, take their everything. Yeah. yeah, what's your problem? Don't you don't you get it yet? Yeah, don't you get it, man? <laughs> hey, man. Trying to protect you yeah. for your own good. Your own. <laughs> yeah, that's your friends <laughs> trying to protect you. It's okay, man. The president can drone somebody from time to time, man. Don't worry about it. Grow up. <laughs> As always, John, great talking with you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. It's a pleasure talking to you. You always come up with the, some of the most amazing insights. It astonishes me that this show is so good. Wow, that's quite an endorsement there from ourselves. Yes. yes. We, we, somebody's got to do it. We can't seem to win any awards. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, watching C-SPAN uh, so uh, in- incredulously. So that we actually have some awesome clips. And with that, we will uh, be back on Thursday uh, with a whole new episode of the best podcast in the universe. Coming to you from Austin, everybody. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I reside, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Thursday right here on No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Shut up. Slave.